to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. All right, welcome to another episode of Moralia Python Radio. This is episode 461, and in this episode, we're going to be talking, we haven't talked about bloods and short tails in quite a while, Owen, and I know you're so excited about short tails as your <laughs> your love affair with them lasted what a couple months <laughs> my uh my my counsel here has uh, advised me not to answer this question oh, take the fifth okay and <laughs> yeah exactly and to um just go uh-huh so so we're going to be talking with uh dan magano um and uh we're going to be talking about uh yeah short tails and He's got white lips and olives, and you know, mm -hmm. now we're talking your language, Owen. There we go. You, you, like, you know, you had to get. I have to. I have to behave during the short tail talk so that we can have white lip talk and olive talk later. Is what you're telling me? Yes. 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 Okay. Okay. Right. I'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no love for the uh, the short stubby snakes. Okay. That's you know that that's no gaboons that, in your future. No. <laughs> that's just a venomous blood. I mean, let's just get on with that. I right. mean, it's. That's Matt's territory. It's always been Matt's territory. And I don't want to step on his toes. Plus, you know, everybody's got the snakes that they like and the snakes that are like, it didn't work for me. And Bloods didn't work for me. Yeah, they didn't work for me either, man. But I love yeah. them. They're cool snakes for sure. So we're going to get into it. So if you're, if you're uh, a fan of short tails, this is going to be the episode for you. But first, let's take care of some housekeeping. I wanted to make sure that we hit on this at the very beginning of the show. U.S. Art, right? Oh, okay. So usarc.org, uh, yes. go over and, you know, basically they have it broken down. It's pretty, pretty, pretty cool that what they have right now, right? They have student membership, which is 20 bucks a year, uh, bronze membership, which is 40 bucks a year. Then they have this bronze sustaining membership. It's $5 a month. Um, then they have a silver package, which is 250 per year and a gold package, which is a thousand dollars a year. But, you know, I do the, uh, bronze sustaining one, $5 every month. Mm -hmm. A couple other things I do is 5% of my animal sales I put towards uh, U.S. ARC. And then I also do that ship your reptiles where you donate. You know, you can add the, the buck to U.S. ARC. Yeah. Whatever. Um, yeah. So I do that. But, man, if you're a reptile keeper, and especially <laughs> if you're a breeder, come on, man. $5 And you haven't month, joined U.S. ARC, then you're, you're no better than the dude breeding underneath his bed. Oh, it's like there's... <laughs> They're, they're specifically here to keep it so that you can have the animals that you enjoy keeping, breeding, and selling. Without them, we would we would it'd be so far gone. We would have lost so many times over. You would not have any of the animals that we have. So right. Yeah. So at the very least, if you want to be, you know, I, I, you know, I mean, five dollars a month is a cup of coffee, man. Like, I mean, that's. Yeah, yeah. If you I mean, can't afford five dollars a month, you're mismanaging your funds, and you. If, if you can't afford, come to shop right now. Five dollars a month. If you can't afford five dollars a month, what are you doing in reptiles? Like, stop. It's that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yes. That's, Thank you. It's often overlooked. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think it costs five dollars to feed what? Probably one snake. For yeah, two weeks. I mean, it depends <laughs> on the snake. I mean. Let me put it this way. Five bucks won't feed my retic. I mean, that's yeah, no. You're probably in the silver it's, plan for the retic. <laughs> I would have to be. Mate, I mean. You might be in the gold and I, plan. Probably. <laughs> and then, like, even then with with $5, you're not going to be able to feed like a collier 
Hopefully, like, you know, like a, a baby corn snake, you maybe can be fed for $5 a month. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. I think, I think from, I mean, I know we go back and forth all the time with this and, and, um, you know, it seems like we hype it up when shit's hitting a fan, like down in Florida. Um, right. And, you know, I just think of those, those breeders down there that like, yeah, you know, you really move to Florida. Sucks. Yeah, to do this, and then <laughs> it's like the you have success. Spot. Yeah, I mean, like, but I'm mad. Like, it, you you've set up, you have success, and now you're gonna get punched by the state. It's like, you know, I know we talk about the guys that we know down there, but you know, Jason Hood has had fantastic success with Tegus. Mm-hmm. Ty's had great success with iguanas and things like that. Um, Eugene Bissett's down there. Uh, uh, Dave Palumbo's down there. Um, Tom Crutchfield's down there. They've all had fantastic success because of where they're at. And now you're going to eliminate some of the animals that they've had success breeding and keeping in Florida. And that's like those were investments by those people in their companies. And and now you're just going to basically unplug it. And it's just it sucks so bad. Yeah. It's so. like if PA were to decide all of a sudden that carpet pythons needed to be illegal. Guess where like, I would be living. I'm going to Delaware. Delaware? <laughs> New Jersey. We'll find the first border and move it. <laughs> Maryland. <laughs> Somewhere. Turn to Dory and be like, guess what? We're, we're, we're leaving. Yeah. You can either come with me or. Yes, yeah, or you can stay. Stay here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, please go over usarc.org. Uh, I definitely, um, you know, sign up, um, uh, do what you can, um, you know, any way you can, especially, I mean, like I said, if you're breeding reptiles, you're obviously making a little bit of money. I think you could afford $5 per month. Um, maybe don't sell, maybe don't buy that one pair of snakes you wanted to buy this year and donate the money to us arc because they're really going to need it. Especially if you're a keeper in Florida. And if you are a keeper in Florida, please get in touch with Florida us arc and become informed of what might happen and what could happen. And even if you don't keep any of the species that are on that list, Please help out because there's only a matter of time before they decide that one of the animals that you keep or you care about is on their list. From what we've heard, there are rumors swirling about how they're doing surveys of if bearded dragons are have a wild population down there. And if they do, that's grounds for banishment. So, yeah, that's, that'll be bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's probably the, like, the most popular pet lizard. Besides a leopard gecko yeah. in the hobby, I would imagine. You, I mean, I think that Florida's eventually, if if the Florida lawmakers had their wish, there would be no reptile keeping in all of Florida unless you're a zoo or an educational thing, and that's it. Yeah, it seems kind of odd. Like I don't know why all of a sudden, but you know, what are you going to do anyway? Anyway, <laughs> tying Other into stuff. this, yeah, uh, we have the calendar contest uh, is yes. about to start up eight one. Yep. Um, so Get your camera. Uh, you got a whole month, pull your camera out. Oh, and did you decide on yes, what I the, did. oh, you did? I did. The extra category is going to be? Oh. The extra category for this year mm-hmm. is going to be boas. Boas. Oh. Boas. Oh. So. Got a little bit of the category. boa bug. Okay. And the right. boa. <laughs> and that's any type of boa. So. If it's an anaconda or a rubber boa, you can submit a picture for it. Um, so we'll just go through that entire thing. Um, 
So yeah, we'll just go through that. Uh, same rules apply. You can only submit one picture for one animal. Um, you can submit multiple animals, and obviously, please make them look nice. Uh, either take a photo tent picture or um, outdoors with a really nice camera. Please don't like just open your tub and take a picture of it on newspaper. Like you know, help us help you. We want you to. We want your gorgeous animal to be in the calendar. Right. Please make it look like a really nice picture. Right. So uh, yeah, but we're gonna go with boas, um, okay. and that can be anything. For we're talking like I want to see. Some really good emerald tree boas, really good Amazon tree boas. Like, you know, go for it. This is your time, boa people. I'm giving you one shot, and this is it. <laughs> like, you know. You know, Owen has always had this love affair shut with up. the boas. He, uh, <laughs> he has this love-hate relationship with true. <laughs> yeah, it's a hate. It's just pure hate. He it's hates true. that he loves them. <laughs> I hate them so much. I uh, wish they weren't so stupid because they're like... the. Mainly, and when I say that, I'm talking about the Dominicans. Like, you just please, picked the, uh, you you picked the wrong boa. I, that's man. my problem. That's my problem. <laughs> you picked I know. the wrong one. Like that's when like please don't misunderstand me that when I sit here and rage about boas, I'm not talking about like hog islands or you know all the nice red tails and this that and the other thing. I'm really just screaming about the Dominicans. Yeah, like that's just me. Rainbows. So, mm. Well, I mean, like, cause, uh, dude, I was looking at pictures of the Dominicans on my computer from a couple of years ago. I'm like, God, they're bright, dark red. And like, I mean, they, they go from bright orange to dark red in the same animal and they're gorgeous. And I'm like, why do you suck so much? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so. And uh, so what I thought we would do with the calendar yeah. contest is that uh -huh. for every calendar we sell, we will take okay. part of that money and donate okay. it to USR. Cool. You know? I like it. You should get the uh, Carpet Fest t-shirt thing going um, and get that for USR, too. So if you want to design the 2020 Carpet Fest t-shirt with Northeast Carpet Fest, which is the Carpet Fest that didn't happen. <laughs> it's Carpet Fest 19. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it's, uh, so uh, get in touch with us and we'll um, and, you know, draw something up and send it to us. And if we like it, uh, we'll throw it up on the um, store and we'll get it going. We'll obviously give you credit and uh, and we'll go from there. So if you are an artist who wants to design a Carpet Fest T-shirt for us, please just design whatever you got and submit it to us. And then uh, if we like it, we'll use it. Info at MerchPythonRadio.com. Okay. Yeah, that would help. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, or carrier pick. <laughs> yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all I got. That was, uh, I just wanted to get those two things out of the way. I don't know if you have anything else, Owen, that you want to hear. I anything. have no strong feelings about anything. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. We shall proceed. Good. Dan, man, how you doing? <laughs> Welcome to MPR. I'm doing well. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. I was listening to the conversation about talking about certain snakes that you just don't get into. Yeah. And before Owen got into the Dominicans, that was what came to my mind. Because I had two of those, like, I don't know, probably 10 years ago. And they just bored me to death. There was no personality, like nothing going on. I kept trying to get into them. You know, somebody had them locally. I bought two of them. I'm like, these are going to be so cool. Nothing. Like, no redeemable quality whatsoever. <laughs> And I was, I was like, you know, they, they look nice. They look gorgeous. Do it for me, you know? Yeah. 
I, I would pick them up and it was like they didn't even know I was there. They weren't paying any attention to anything around them. It was like, you know, I, I don't know. I've never dealt with a snake that was like that. It, mine just like oozed out. Like they just must all over you if you touch them. Like it would just start dribbling out the back end of them and it was disgusting. And then raising babies was just, uh God, and the geckos. Like, no, it's just, at, yeah, I'm getting, you know, PTSD flashbacks of that right now. So it's, they were, they were a gorgeous animal. They're one of those animals that, like, I would love to appreciate in a zoo and then leave because then I don't have to take care of it. It's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, the poor DMRs, man. The poor DMRs. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> well, would you guys agree that, uh, me and Rob were talking about this the other day, that, like, each of us have a type. Yes. Every, every snake keeper out there has a type, whether you like of course. Yeah. long and thin snakes, short and fat snakes, you know. Yeah, but uh, th then Dan's got both. So what is his, is his yeah, type just I'm like. A little, I'm a little confused. Yeah. Is, is <laughs> his just jumpy bitey? Because, I mean, well, maybe not the olives, but it's like. Oh, yeah, it's I, jumpy I bitey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, certainly. yeah, I was going to say, they don't jump and bite. They just wait until flesh is available. And grab there you and go. That's what mine do. <laughs> they just sit and wait. Well, all right, that's not fun. Yeah, it's, it's like laziness. It's like, why don't you just put your arm in my face and then I'll pick it. Dude, uh, these baby olives, I'm like, they are they're feisty as all freaking hell. And I'm not used to that because when their parents were younger, they were so mellow and just like what you were saying, like they, they would just wait for you to be close and then they just, you turn around and they'd be chewing on you. It's like, oh, really? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, no, these guys are feisty. I'm like, damn, what happened? I was doing a Facebook Live one day with my adult female, and I'm sitting there talking, talking. She's sitting on my lap on the couch, <laughs> and I felt her, like, crawl through my hand, and I, I, didn't, I didn't have my eyes on her, but I felt her stop, and I said, shit, it's coming right now. It's right and now. And she just turned and grabbed my wrist, and she wrapped <laughs> me up, and I'm in the middle of a live video, so I'm like, well, I have to cut this short now. <laughs> i got a 10-foot, you know, olive pipe on wrapped around my arm, so time to go handle that. <laughs> well, I asked this, are so good like that, where it's just like, now it's like wait what yeah you were fine yeah. for like then, an hour <laughs> yeah yep. and then my smaller female who actually i sold to dylan mm. um she got me i was setting up to shoot a video and i thought to myself you know i'm not mm. going to give her any chance to bite i'll just hold her and you know you can manipulate them in a way where they don't they don't really have that opportunity mm. and she as soon as i picked her up she started crawling up towards my arm and i i got stupid i said you know let's just see what she does Right away, grab my wrist and wrap me up. I'm like, well, I'm not starting this video. <laughs> so that was the end of that one. It's and good she, that you do these things, things like... considerably smaller, and she hurt so much worse than the, the larger female. She was maybe seven feet, but she was pissed off and digging in and mm. getting more and more angry that my arm was not dying. <laughs> and uh, it got to the point to where she had me wrapped, and then she was pulling, like her teeth were in me, but she was pulling her head like up, uh, to, I don't know what she was trying to do. I'm like, that does not feel good. Yeah, no. And uh, she didn't let me go for a while. I finally stuck her head underneath the uh, tub stud. I had to turn it on with my foot because I had part of her in one hand and she's wrapped around the other. And I stuck her underneath that and she let go. But that was after 15 minutes. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> did you did you have to walk past any family members when you were like had this snake wrapped around you? Because no, that was no, that no, was no. me. You know, 
I, I, like my first, this is my first couple months having living at my mom's at the college, and my my big jag was wrapped around my wrist and arm, and I'm bleeding everywhere. I'm like, excuse me. It's like I walk past my mother into the shower and get this snake off. I'm like, no, I'm good now. And she's like, oh my god. I'm like, no, it's fine. This happens, ma. So yeah, yeah. that's when I was banished to the basement. Yeah. So it's. Um, but anyways, then, I mean, you know, normally when we get people on here for the first time, we definitely want to know, you know, about their reptile past and stuff like that. So what, what got you into reptiles in the beginning? Um, so I was actually terrified of snakes growing up. Yes, uh, another one. I still one. terrified <laughs> of spiders. I will be for the rest of my life. Um, that one will not change. <laughs> there's, there's no scenario where that happens. Short <laughs> but uh, I, was, I was very, very afraid of them. Um, you know, I didn't grow up with any family members that were interested in anything like that or, or you know, mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, so my first experience, I actually was working overnights, and uh, I had trouble sleeping during the day. So I was looking for something to do just to keep me busy since I couldn't sleep. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine suggested that her friend was looking for some help running deliveries for a flower shop. And I was like, I don't care what I do. I just need to do something. And so I went down there and started doing deliveries for her. And she happened to rescue and rehabilitate reptiles. So she had at that time probably about 100, you know, of course, it's all ball pythons, boas, you know, bearded dragons, it's, right. you know, all that kind of stuff. There's a couple of cool things there, but, you know, by and large, there's a lot of those. And so I just kind of became fascinated because, you know, there was like kids volunteering there and there's like five-year-olds walking around with snakes. I'm like, I, I got to figure this out. Because, like, <laughs> I can't be afraid of this stuff, you know? Getting shown up by this kid. kid like, yeah. I'm like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> and uh, so I just started talking to people there and, uh, you know, we always tell people, but it really is true where like knowledge is, is so much power with that stuff because when you're ignorant to it, it's just scary. But once you understand mm -hmm you know, more and more, it's, it's a lot less scary and more interesting. And then finally, one day, um, I talked to her and I said, you know, I just want to get my feet wet. I just want to do it. Um, I was there, you know, by myself at the time. And I, I said, do you mind? I said, I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm confident. I'm going to go in and, and handle some stuff. You know, obviously not the larger snakes because they had, you know, adult ferns and adult rock bites. And I wasn't going to mess with those. Um, but I, uh, I went in that day and probably took out, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 snakes and just got myself over it. Uh, just went in, took them out, held them, you know, a couple minutes, this one, a couple minutes, that one, and just, uh, just kind of got myself over it. And then it just took off from there. And next thing you know, you know, I can move my bedroom so I can take out those little snakes. So, um, that's awesome. It, it just really snowballed. So I started, I, at that time, I was just collecting one of this, one of that. You know, kind of how a lot of people start off dumb, basically, where you know you're spending all this money on, on animals and you're not really necessarily looking at the best caging options. Especially back then, I didn't know any better either. Uh, so I had you know a Burmese python, I had a Brazilian rainbow boa, I had I had a ringed python, which I wish that I had now. Mm. Um, and and so I, I found a lot of species that it's funny because at the time I didn't realize you know, what they were as far as, you know, rarity within the hobby or whatever. So I, you know, had this rainbow boa and, and you know, all these things that weren't that popular then, um, but I didn't really realize it. I just thought they were cool-looking animals, and I was interested in them. Uh, the rainbow boa is the first snake that ever bit me in the face. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was admiring her beauty. And she just Too close, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Don't 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 lead with the face. Never lead with the face. No. Yeah. No, she's actually a pretty docile animal. I just, you know, they're animals, and sometimes. Yeah, I mean that's the target. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she uh, she taught me that lesson. Um, but yeah, so I, I started off that way, and the bloods and short tails were always of interest to me. There was only a couple of them there. And uh, one of the first things that I ever got with my own money, which is it's really funny now, was a, was a hybrid, um, you know, blood and short tail. I'm not sure which mix it was, but it was definitely a mix. And, uh, you know, I say it's funny because I'm so, like, anti-short tail hybrid now. <laughs> um, but at the time, you know, it was just a cool pet for me, and I got him, and, and he was an amazing animal. Uh, taught me a lot about snakes. He was just super cool, one of those snakes you could throw on your lap, hang out with all day. Um, you know, he had some issues when I got him. I got him from uh, Regal Reptiles. I don't know if you guys were familiar with them. Yep, yep. Uh, years ago, which obviously, mm-hmm. yeah, that fell apart pretty bad. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I, I got I got him there, and uh, I had him for a few years, and, and he passed. I got him as an adult, no idea how old he was. Um, but I'm sure it was mostly, you know, inappropriate housing because, of course, he was in the tank set up and everything else, which I would not keep short tails in now. Um, but at that time, like I said, I didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so that's really where I got started. Um, and then eventually I kind of got on track and, and you know, got some direction and, and decided what I want to do with the animals and then making sure I'm selecting animals that are going to get me to where I want to go. Yeah. So, uh, what, I, what drew, can, go I, ahead. can I jump in real quick? Cause this go question ahead. would be for the both of you. Yeah. Do you think that because you're coming from the perspective of being afraid of snakes at first or, you know, uh, unsure what, however you want to say it, like, does it, do you think that that gives you an advantage from coming from that perspective as talking to people that, you know, may feel the same currently, you know, like you can, get them over to you, win them over easier, you know? Yeah. I think it certainly helps because, you know, you have a person that obviously if you're having a conversation with you, they trust you in some capacity to at least, you know, be conversing with you. So now it's somebody tangible they can look at and know that you were in the same place they were and you got to here. Um, And I have taken people from, you know, afraid like I was to now they're breeding snakes and snakes are their life too. Um, But, you know, I think it. I find that's one of the great tools too of social media. It's just sharing pictures as a way to kind of desensitize people um, to where they get so used to seeing it that you know all their friends and family and stuff that aren't snake people that eventually they only get that little comment or oh that one's kind of pretty or oh that one's cute whatever it is uh, where just you start to see that that wall break down just a little bit and uh, you know sometimes that's all you're going to get instead of the nothing. Yeah. Right. You know, it's it's one of those things where, you, because you've been on that side, you can kind of get where the encouragement is. Where it's like, I can recognize people that are too far gone, like with um, Dan and the spiders. It's like I would never, <laughs> never approach a spider with Dan or Melissa. It's just to be like, no, I can't do that. But if if I'm holding, you know, at the zoo, we'd always should bust out like the albino berm and stuff like that, and people would be freaked out, but they'd be kind of they wouldn't go anywhere. They'd be like, oh no, and they'd pull their hands back but they'd still be standing someplace. I'm like, okay, you're interested, but you don't know. And then you get them to pet the snake on the tail. And then like a bunch of them just kind of, it immediately 
redoes it like that, that the snake clearly isn't like leaping off of my shoulders to kill them. Um, it's not slimy. It's just there. It's just like, and people, you can see the intrigue kind of build. So it's much easier that way to kind of recognize the people who you can work with and then also know what the baby steps are like with Dan saying that he kind of just went and handled the snakes. I mean, you know, it, you, you start off with something small, something non-threatening like uh, corn snake, king snake, milk snake. They're all perfect. You don't throw a Timor python in their hands like that. <laughs> that's like, here's my adult Timor. Like, that's a bad idea. Like, you, you, I know. Things. Yeah, I mean, like, I know which animal to use. Like, uh, I will not use the pied retic. I'll use the platinum retic because she'll just chill. Pied will. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that kind of stuff. Okay. Sorry, so. I didn't mean to jump in there. No, no you're good. This is that. Uh... This is the show. This, mm. we, yeah, we do this. Anyway. Uh, Dan yeah. is just. Passion, like, passion sells, too. It does. You know, when you're yeah. passionate about something, people see that and. Uh, you know, I mean, growing up, obviously, I watched a lot of, like, Steve Irwin, for instance. He's very passionate about that stuff. It's contagious. So even though I was afraid of those animals then, I was always watching that stuff because he was so into it that you got into it, even though it wasn't necessarily my thing at that time. Uh, so I, I tried to – I'm not that animated of a person, so I'm never going to be, you know, like him or anything. But, <laughs> you know, I think my passion shows just in how I work with the animals, how I talk about them. You know, I'm just not a person that gets, like, super excited and giddy, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're a passionate person in the hobby, you could sell, like, the ugliest dirt brown snake if that's what you're passionate about. Hey, easy. You can build a market. Say, like, disgustingly dirt brown, no color. Like, yeah, I mean, anyway. <laughs> if that's a passion, you'll get people lined up for those things. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, so it's like that. So what brought you to, out of all the other snakes, what brought you over to Short Tails? You know, I don't even know initially. Mm. Um, part of it could be that first snake that I got and just kind of uh, the fond memories of that. Um, you know, I, there's just something about, I, I think probably the, the reason that I got into them as far as breeding goes, um, not only because I like them, but you know, I was trying to think about it, the climate at the time where I was, like, really ready to start breeding. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of legislation going on, a lot of question marks. And so, you know, I've never been, like, a real small snake person. I've always liked, you know, a little bit larger animals. So I wanted something that was larger but that was not necessarily going to be on the radar early on in legislation, something that I could really work with and develop. And chances are wasn't going to get restricted as much. Mm -hmm. so I felt like boys and short tails were the perfect animal for that because, you know, I can feel comfortable putting a baby one into a first-time keeper's hands and know that that's an animal that, even as an adult, they can handle, you know, safely 99.9% .9 of the time. Um, you know, like African rocks are my favorite species, but I'm, I'm not going to be breeding and selling those to people and just like, oh, yeah, it's a great first snake. Here you go. <laughs> you know, because that's an animal that, as an adult, can very easily kill you and... They know it, and, uh, you know, I love working with them. I like the challenge that they present, but it wasn't a practical animal for me to build a breeding project around because, you know, I'm, I'm known by the reputation for being not tough to buy from, but, you know, I'm going to make sure you know what you're doing and you're prepared and you're set up right. proper and everything before I take a dollar from you. And I'm that bad with short tails of African rocks. You would be sending in DNA samples and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> um, there's, there's absolutely no way I would be 
easy to buy from. Unfortunately, to buy the pair of African rocks, I have to come over for a home inspection. You're there with yeah. like measuring tape. Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to move in for a few weeks. And yeah. See how yeah. Well, rest your house, you know. Several pages of uh, references. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and and to be honest, I wish there was there was more of that in some of the other larger species because. Yeah. You do see a lot of situations where these animals get into the hands of people that are just clearly not prepared. And, you know, it's a different world because, you know, retics, for instance, you know, 15 years ago even, you wouldn't see somebody walking around a reptile show with a retic. Like, people would be getting torn apart. And <laughs> now, you know, they're just they're totally different animals just through captive breeding and, you know, us understanding them better. But they're still capable of being that animal that they are. And in the wrong hands, they're more capable of that. And uh, so I wish I wish that more breeders, there's a lot of great breeders that do take the time, but there's a lot that don't. And, and given the, the scope of things in the hobby, everybody's got to take a little more responsibility right now because we're already in a lot of trouble. Dude, if, if all retics acted like my pair of pides, I, I have no idea how <laughs> they got so ingrained in captivity. Like, how these people weren't, like, 25 feet of this thing. What the hell? Like, no. Listen, yeah. man. Retics in the early days, <laughs> you know, I remember when we had, I had them in the 90s. And was that the 90s? Yeah, it had to be the, yeah. No, it was, like, the early, yeah. late 80s. And holy shit, man. They were evil. I, I think I know why I missed this. I wasn't born till '86, so there you why go. You? <laughs> um, but it, it's it's like I, I think about that because like they're mainlands, they're gonna get huge, and I'm like, God, I hope you chill out. Please, God, chill out. Like if you don't chill out, I'm not sure if I like they they are monsters, and they're only about seven eight feet, and I can only imagine when they get bigger how bad that's gonna get. You know, eyes eyes are notorious for being a little bit edgier than some of the other morphs out there. I wish uh, I'd known so. that before. I wish I had known <laughs> that before I did that. I don't know. So. Yeah, the guy that was telling you that. But... No, nobody was telling me. You weren't saying shit. Shut up. You might have been. <laughs> <laughs> They're so pretty though. I mean, it's, it's, I know. Oh, it's, you know, it's I'll raise it. It'll be fine. Like, but they, they do seem to be a little more reactive than, than other retic morphs, you know, by and large, where, like, cows are the polar opposite, but they all seem to be pretty chill. It's 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 just got to be the thing where, it's like, if it's a morph, especially if it's a recessive, they just get so bred, bred so much that they just start losing the brain cells, and they just start chilling, and it's just so much better. Like, have you ever seen a very nasty albino berm? No. Exactly. No. They're, all They're all dumb as a box of yeah. like, There's nothing going on. I, I have one. I love him, but there's no intelligence in that snake whatsoever. Yeah, man. Nothing in there but a jingle bell. It's like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, and it's so funny because people talk about like hiding, you know, hunting pythons in the Everglades and stuff, and they're picturing that. And it's like, no, these animals have kind of reverted to their natural state to where they're actually smart predators again. So it's yeah. not so easy. I mean, it's funny because the zoo I worked for, we had an albino. And then somebody gave us a normal. I'm like, that's cool. We can show them side by side. And then the normal was going for your eyes. And I'm like, this thing sucks. <laughs> this thing is yeah. horrible. <laughs> I, I think albino berms are like the quintessential. This is what happens when you breed way too long. I mean, you see the ones that have big bug eyes. And, yeah, their heads you know, don't. better now. I think their heads, for a while, the heads didn't seem to like grow as long as they should have like it wasn't the arrow python head no, it, was like, it was like a pug 
It was like a potato. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> yeah. yeah, mine mine was a rescue, so he was, and, and, and not like the I went to Petco and bought it rescue. He was a legitimate <laughs> rescue case. Uh, uh, he was about 11 years old when I took him in, and he was about six feet, uh, really oh. emaciated, dehydrated. He was not kept with any heat. He had a light bulb on all the time in a, in a tank that was in an unheated garage. Like how oh that snake survived, I don't know. And uh, so this was a friend of mine that had it. And I kept trying to convince him, like, let me take this animal, man. Like, it, it, you know, it needs a little more than this. I was going up there feeding it because they weren't really feeding it. They were giving it like, you know, mice and shit they were catching in like traps in the house. Like the, it was not. Oh, my God. <laughs> so finally, his mother, his wife, and his brother, like, all got together as a group and said, Dan's taking this snake, and you're not doing anything about it. Hmm. And uh, it was a wild ride in the beginning because with a snake that's so used to a certain level of care, I can't just throw that thing in with, like, a 90 hot spot, and it's going to be good. So I had to slowly bring the temperature up over the course of a couple of weeks so I could acclimate it. Um, I had to feed it slow in the beginning, so I was only feeding it like, you know, every three to four weeks, even though it was like really thin. Uh, and then I got him up to where I was feeding him every other week. Now he's like 10 feet. He's got a pretty good weight. His color is phenomenal. He's a beautiful animal. Uh, you know, chronic respiratory issues and things like that that I just don't think there's any way to ever get rid of. Um, yeah. You know, I've thrown everything at him you can, but there's just so much done over the course of 11 years because the kid got him as a hash oak. Um, oh, my God. That, that, you know, you can't undo everything. So now he just gets managed. And he's cool. He's got a vision cage now. You know, he's living a life. But uh, he, was, he was wild. It was hard to feed because he was so hungry and so reactive to everything that moved. And he actually got stuck in his teeth in the vision cage because he hit it so hard. I had to get his teeth out of it. Oh, and my I'm God. Like, I've, never, I've never seen that ever. <laughs> yeah, that is. I, I, wow. I opened the door and he bit like the door jam there and he was just stuck in it. I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? <laughs> this is new. Um, yeah. Yeah. So now, you know, he's still a kind of reactive feeder. What I do now is when he's like passed out, I just open the door, I throw the dead feeder in there, shut yeah. the lights off, leave the room. And like all of a sudden, 10 minutes later, you hear like, you know, sounds like somebody's getting an elbow dropped in there and he's trying to spend <laughs> in my freezer for two months. Um, <laughs> but it works out best for him with the lights off, no movement, nothing around. You know, then he's not going after everything that moves. Right. He's, he's great to handle, you know, you tap him once or twice, take him out, he's fine, go out in the yard, he's great, I've used him in educational programs, so it's, it's worked out, but uh, definitely, definitely not an ounce of intelligence in that, in that snake. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, well, firms. <laughs> so, yeah. um, <laughs> Dan, can you kind of give us a little bit of an overview of what your collection looks like now? I know you said uh, short tails, white lips and olives but what else you got hanging around there and also how many white lips and do you have any spare blackface that i can make you sell me like you know <laughs> no people are always trying to, especially my male i always want my male because i know i need a girl really See, i'm different i want your female yeah you have one she's <laughs> awful she's good awful 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 creature i love her she hates me um, those pictures that I got recently, that's the first time in over two years that I've ever been able to put my hands on her, period. Uh, <laughs> I can't even hook her, nothing. Uh, if you oh, try good. to hook that snake, she goes apeshit, um, and she'll hurt herself. 
she's bitten herself several times trying to go after me and then she's wrapped herself and then she proceeds to you know the two sides of her brain one's telling her it's trying to get away kill it and the other side is telling you ouch you're in pain pull away so she's <laughs> trying to pull her own tail out of her mouth as she's trying to constrict it tighter Wow, she's um, a special kind of crazy. I like yeah, her already. And, and, she's, <laughs> like, and she's over over eight feet, so it's oh not my god, like, cute. It's right up your <laughs> she's, alley. She's, I don't know if you saw the no. pictures I, I shared of her. But she's she's a big girl. Uh, uh, I think I, I can't did. Get yeah. A measurement of her. Yeah, she's she's somewhere between eight and nine feet, but I don't know how big. God uh, damn. But uh, I've been working with her just simple stuff. You know, I sit there with the door open at her cage, talk to her a little bit, put the hook in and out. Um, come to find out from the former owner, uh, they told me, oh, when she gets like that, I just pin her down with a hook. I'm like, well, no wonder why she uh, it. That's and great. Like, okay, good. <laughs> That'll do it. Because <laughs> I was like, wow, I've never seen a snake react to a hook like this. It's supposed to be less threatening. And I would get like three feet away, and she'd come flying out and grab the hook, and then she would try to launch at me. I'm like, oh, like, hey. Okay, yeah, no, um, it's mystery solved. But... Yeah, yeah, so I have, I've worked very, very long and slowly to you know, get her out of that mindset of the hook's coming to do anything bad to her. So usually I'll just spend like 15 minutes in there and then eventually work up where I just like lightly rub her chin with it or just touch her gently with it and then get rid of it. You know, just enough to where she's like, oh, it touched me. It wasn't a bad experience. And as you guys know, as snake keepers, one bad experience can sit with them for a long time. But yeah. like the pattern of behavior, it takes a long time to erase that from a, an intelligent animal's memory. Yeah, um, you know, a berm. You can get rid of that in a week. <laughs> Who are you again? That's but, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but but she's getting much better. Uh, she'll actually let me go in and give her water now most of the time. Whereas before, I had to rig up some weird ways to get water to her. There was times where I was holding the door shut with a hook with like a paper towel tube in there to pour it in, like crazy stuff. Um, I actually use a shift right. box with her, which I never even use with venomous snakes. I like have venomous, but I use it with her just because I didn't want her to hurt herself. I've gotten that point. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten to that point where it's like, you know, it's you know, the the easier way to keep you is to delete me from the equation. So right. you know, now you just have a jig, a big shift box and stuff like that. It's much. Much better. Yeah. You don't want to be one of those. Like I keep hearing people who are like, "I got my Timor. I'm working with my Timor. I just I just pull it out of the cage and hold it until it stops fighting." I'm like, "Yeah, it's great. That'll help yeah, perfect. it. Perfect. Break yeah. it will. That'll help. Yeah, that'll, <laughs> it'll yeah. totally be a great breeder for you in the future. <laughs> yeah. Now there's certain species of snakes like that that can work with better just because they don't have that intelligence level to build that you know working relationship. Right. Um. You know, like I actually lost him, unfortunately, and my room got too hot. I had that, that Thai bamboo rat. And those are a species where I think, you know, you just got to hold them and, and deal with it so they figure it out. Um, I don't really think you can work the same way with slowly building trust that I just don't think you get like that with them. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, I, I really sucked because I really like that thing. And I did everything in my power to keep the house cool enough. But during the summer, sometimes my house just spikes and I, was, I wasn't home and, you know, it hit the mid-80s in there, and it's just too much for them. Um, so it stunk, but that was a lesson learned that, you know, until I move, I'm not going to uh, get anything like that again. Yeah. With, you know, these guys that can handle, obviously the olives, you know, if you hit like 100 in that, they'd be like, oh, cool. And then it gets 40, <laughs> and they're like, cool. <laughs> it's like nothing phases that temperature wise, you know. It's like a bread lie. It's like, oh, yeah. what's the temperature today? It's like, oh, this, is, this is comfortable. This yeah. is fine, too, you know. 
<laughs> 40 degrees. Okay. Are you feeding me? No. Well, then get yeah. out. It's okay. like, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I have not had success yet with breeding the olives, but I think my biggest problem is uh, just I've got to get them into a different room where I can get it really cool. Um, yeah. I do a lot yeah. of am ambient heat, and I can't bring some of the other species that are in that room that cool. So I, even if I don't do that, you know, maybe I'll, I'll do, you know, Scott, I'm talking to him, he just puts stuff in a tub and, like, puts it downstairs for a little while kind of thing. So yeah, I mean, that's, something like that. that I think would be the best recommendation because, I mean, do you keep the olives where you keep your short tails? There are some short tails in that room. I'm trying to get it where I just have an Australian room and a short tail room, but I have too many right. freaking short tails, so I can't <laughs> do that right now. <laughs> This sounds like a personal. Kind of, sounds like, I feel personally attacked by this because yeah, you can sub yeah, carpet you, python in and it works. So, it's, right. <laughs> so but, you know, I have, I have, my my female white lip, my female olive are in that room with my okay. firm, and then there's, um, my male spotted python was in there. Yeah. My couple of short tail, you know, random short tails are in there. I probably have like ten or fifteen short tails in there. And then I have some more Australian stuff in my living room. Uh, so I have my male olives out there, my male white lips out there, and my female spot is out there. And then uh, one of my pair of water pythons are out there. And then my main snake room, my pair of McGloss are in there. And another one of my water pythons is in there. So I just got stuff all over the place, to be honest. That's awesome. So, like, basically, kind of like we said with that overview, so you're doing the black face white lip, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you've got the olive pythons, and then you just said spotted pythons, too. Um, yeah. And then water pythons, what kind? Uh, I have, the ones that I have now, I think two are PNG, and then okay. one is Queensland locality. Nice. Um, I had another Queensland, which was the nicest of all of them, and, of course, that's the one that I lost. God damn it. Uh, it's, it's always that way. Like, it's always that way. PMGs are great. Like, I don't think you could kill those snakes. Great. And the one that I actually, like, could take out and she would sit on my shoulders, she would drink out of my water bottle. Like, she was totally chill. That's the one that goes. It's a, a water python hatches and you flip a coin. And if it's heads, it's a psychopath. And that's just the way it is. It's like, you know, and yeah. that, no matter – they're just always either the calmest, nicest thing or a psychopath. There is no in between. So, um, but that's cool. And then um, you said you had the short tails. What kind of short tails are you working with? You got a morph project you're working with? Do you just want to circle all of the above? Of okay. <laughs> um, I, it's funny. I have a lot of projects at the same time, like everything streamlined into a purpose. Okay. Uh, so I keep all three all three species. I have, you know, Brom, Sprites, and Curtis. Uh, with my Curtis, I have really, really dark animals. Uh, nice. And then I also do chrome head stuff. And uh, I try to keep those two as separate as much as I can. Every once in a while, I mix them because, uh, you know, I want to get my chrome head stuff to have the darker bodies but with the nice chrome head. Uh, so I've been working on kind of... Figuring out how to perfect that uh, seems to be mostly random at this point, but like anything else, you hammer on it enough, I'll probably figure something out. Yeah. Uh, but I do like the really dark stuff, and you know, without any ego involved, I can say I have some of the nicest dark animals that you'll you'll see. That's um, that's awesome. You know, my yeah, I have a clutch actually cooking right now, which I'm excited about. The mail I got from Kara uh, a few years ago is uh, from her 
Jackson catching animals, which are two really dark animals. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so this is his first clutch. Yeah, and then Incognito is, is one of the darkest I've ever seen. You know, she's one I can put her out on a sunny day in the middle of the yard and take a picture, and she's black. There's there's nothing there. That's so and, cool. Uh, yeah, so I'm really excited for these to see how they hatch. They're about 20 days in right now, so I'm just trying to stay busy and not check the incubator since I have <laughs> yet. <laughs> um, yeah, so, <laughs> sounds familiar. Yeah. So that's that's the Curtis projects that I have. And then for blood pythons, I am a T-positive albino guy through and through. So every single blood python in my collection, with the exception of one, is at least head. Okay. Um, so I have uh, I have one big red female that's not, and I'm actually trying to work separately with her on a separate line, but I'm not having luck because I held back one male that I wanted to breed to her, uh, who's perfect for her, and he does not wish to breed, so he is oh, what an she ass. at this point, or just wants to totally derail everything that I've had planned for years. Uh, so he's he's four years old now, and he still won't breed. Sometimes blood males do take that long, uh, mm-hmm. but, but I don't know. They are tough to sex sometimes, and it is possible that he is a sheep. So this year, if he doesn't breed, I am going to you know, try putting a male in with him and see if there's any courting behavior there or anything. Um, so I have that project. And, and that female is funny because I got her as an adult. And um, the the picture that I bought her off of, she looked like she was a sub-adult uh-huh. from the picture. And so I'm like, okay, you know, I have like a 74 quart ready for her. I'm like, that should be fine. And, uh, you know, the guy said, oh, you know, she's, she's a pretty big girl. I'm thinking, yeah, okay, you know. What does he know? She was a pretty big girl. Uh, I opened that, I open, I open that box, and here comes six foot four of blood pipe, and I'm like, oh, I am not, I am not set up for this one. Quarantine not prepared. So she, she spent a few days in that 74 quart looking like a stuffed sausage. I was like, I don't know what to do. I had to go out and set something up for quarantine for her. Um, but she's a, she's a great animal. Uh, I'm very happy to have gotten her, and it's just a situation where they have had a bunch of blood pythons for a breeding project. They had a fire, and they lost everything but their three biggest because they were housed with their retics in oh. different buildings. Uh, and so they just sold them instead of you know trying to rebuild that project. And so their their loss was my gain in that because she's just magnificent. And then uh, as far as the T positive mm-hmm. stuff goes, I have you know T positive fatigue, T positive double O seven. Um, I have just really nice T-positive stuff, T-positive matrix, T-positive ivory. And so at this point, I have everything that I really want to make, uh, everything that I'm interested in. There's, you know, some other morphs out there that are cool, but they're not those ones that really grab my attention. So now it's just a matter of mixing and matching to get what I want. Like the T-positive ivories, I refuse to buy them. I had to make my own. (laughs) <laughs> and of course, I swung and missed for like three years. That female would not give me a collection, and she finally did. Uh, so now I have a pair of those held back. Um, but sometimes you get stubborn like that. You just want to make something yourself. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Very true. so I did that, and I'm really happy. I love those snakes. They're, they're gorgeous animals. They're from good lines. Because um, it's tough when you buy something like that. If you just buy it off of a picture, you don't really know what's in there as far as how red the offspring could be if you're not looking to make ivory with it. So it was very important to me that I made my own. I know the lineage. I know what's going on in there. And they're animals that will throw a very, very red offspring. 
Nice. And the Borneos, the Borneos are the projects that are all over the place because they're so polygenic and everything looks so cool that every clutch is like a bunch of holdbacks and, you know, we all pick on Minnetola, but it really is like that. I mean, I I was going to say, he does that. I was going to say, if you want to send me those white lips, I'll go steal some extreme gene marbles from him. I mean, (laughs) you know, he will, he will leave me alone in the room because he doesn't expect, suspect me to take anything. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, we can work something out. I think he listens, though. It's going to be a problem. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Pictures, he's going to recognize those. Yeah. Matt, Matt, Matt doesn't listen anymore. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> All of our good friends have abandoned us. Is that they, what you They just now? left <laughs> us, yeah. <laughs> but, I have a question. Uh, but, yeah, no, so I... I yeah, but uh, I, I, you know, sorry to, to jump in the middle here, but I thought, um, no, no, go ahead, finish with your Borneo stuff, and then I'll ask you this answer because it's kind of what yeah, go ahead. to what you're doing. So go ahead. Okay. Uh, so for Borneo's side swipe, is probably the core of what I work with, which not a lot of people are working with. There's a few out there. I know uh, Nick has a few side swipe animals. Matt Jablonski did. You guys still there? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Okay, my phone just did a weird thing like it lost. <laughs> um, I hung up on me. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so so I have those, and I'm kind of working on putting those into the other projects. So I have some super striped stuff. I have some ocelot stuff, marble. Uh, I have blue ghost. I have you know skunk line stuff. I have silver herb stripe line, TBC stripe line. Uh, so I have a lot of different Borneo stuff, and I'm sure I'm forgetting stuff because I, I really have so many Borneos. It's stupid. Um, and and it's, it's really stupid because they're the hardest of the three short-tailed species to market. The Bloods and the Curtis just sell themselves. I don't have to say anything. Picture does it. Borneos are a tougher sell because the genetics aren't, you know, ABC. You can't sit there and say, if you breed this, this is exactly what you're going to get, which right. you know, the average person wants that. Uh, so it's it's tough to market. They don't necessarily photograph really well. So there's that too. Um, and I'm I'm one of those person for people. I will not touch up any photos. Like I take a picture with my phone in natural light. This is what you see. This is what you get. Uh, I feel very firmly. I would rather have somebody be pleasantly surprised than disappointed in chasing a picture and trying to, you know, if this is a picture you sent me and a snake never looks like this. You know, I feel like that's kind of only false advertising, but it's just setting up people to be unhappy. And the happier your customers are, the more they share your animals, the more free advertising you get. So yeah, sure. true. I, I, like, I like pleasantly surprised is what I go for. So maybe you can hit on the um, the side swipe, like exactly what's going on with that, and how does that differ from say the super stripe for people that may not know. So there are people that believe that it's the same gene. Okay. The reason that I do not believe that is because, and you know, this is just really my opinion, is is because I've seen pairings done with super stripe to other morphs, and I've seen pairings done with side swipe to other morphs, mm-hmm. and the resulting offspring are very different. Mm-hmm. Side swipe seems to kind of dominate a lot of other things, whereas super stripe seems to kind of work well with it, um, and so I, I, something has to be different. I don't know what. Um, they are very similar as far as, you know, the expression in a lot of the animals. Like Matt has a super striped animal that looks like a clone to one of my side swipes. I mean, when you switch the animals in the enclosure, I don't think either one of us would notice, mm-hmm. uh, maybe personality-wise. 
Matt Sinks all seem to hate me. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, join the club. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so you might, uh, my ocelot from Max is definitely my worst short tail. That thing hates my guts and wants me to die. <laughs> and years and years and years, and it just doesn't get better. And actually, now, like, he's just more savvy in how to get me and my techniques to try to stop him. <laughs> so I am losing the battle uh, for sure. He got me really good in the forearm a little while ago. Because uh, now when he, he'll thrash, and he's an adult male, so he's a good size, and he'll get just enough leverage, and he'll kick back and just grab me. And it's like, really? <laughs> you know, spraying me and thrashing a little bit enough, now we need to add keys too, so thanks. Um, but yeah, he's just, uh, I don't know why he's so angry. I have Rob's Ocelot email here, and she is like the sweetest warning on earth, and you know, she's from that too. You know, you can just open her tub up, put your hand right in front of her, she'll crawl right out into your arms, just on your shoulders. So I wish they looked alike so I could send mine back to Rob. But they don't look similar, so it won't work. But uh, as far as how the side swipe works, I don't. I haven't really had a long conversation with Matt Jablonski, and I think that he, between myself or him, we've probably produced the most clutches of them. Okay. I got mine from Kara, but Kara only did like three clutches, I think, with, with side swipe stuff. She didn't do very many. Mm-hmm. And she okay. told me when I, I bought the foundation animal for my stock from her, She's like, you really have to kind of take over this project and figure this stuff out because, you know, you're going to have stuff to work with on it or whatever. And so that that male threat like crazy for me. Uh, I got a lot of clutches out of him. But I don't feel like I'm as smart as these guys like Matt and Keith or like Kara where they they see things that I don't see. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I always like picking, picking their brains and – you know, seeing what other people see because sometimes I'm looking with blinders at certain qualities that I'm looking for and, you know, maybe they notice something else. You know, talking to Rob, Rob's always looking at, like, neck speckling and things that I just look straight past. Um, I'm always looking at, like, dorsal striping, how clean the side swipe is, the color, you know, stuff like that. So we all have different things. Right. Um, but it at least is dominant. That much we know. So if you breed side swipe to any Borneo, you're going to get side swipe offspring. Okay. Um, you know, 50-50. 50-50. Uh, okay. Yeah, you know, like, you know, yeah, almost a, as if it were, uh, you know, a incomplete. incomplete dominant or a dominant, you know, trait. Uh, but what we don't know is if there is a super form of it or not. I have not done side swipe to side swipe yet. Every year I say I'm going to do it, and I have all these other projects on my mind that I just – get to first and I really should go back and, and do that. I think part of my reasoning for not doing it is I'm gonna have to hold back every single side swipe from, you know, those those pairings and then raise them up and breed them all. And so that's a big commitment to the space that I have right now. So that's something that I think I would look to do when I move and get a little bit more more space to work with. Right. So I'm gonna need, you know, considerable dedicated caging just to figure that project out. Um, which could turn out to be, you know, a huge waste of time essentially, or it could turn out to be something really cool. Um, but I, I do need to talk to Matt because I know he's bred some side swipe stuff, and I don't know if he's worked with side swipe two side swipe. Hmm. I'm not sure. I don't. Yeah, think... we don't really talk about his projects, or he doesn't run stuff well, by Matt, us. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm talking about Matt Matt Jablonski. Oh yeah, Matt, definitely so. no. It's like yeah, <laughs> um, he uh, he. He's mostly into ball pythons, but he, he's done short tails for, for many years, too. I uh, know Minnesota does have side swipe now. 
but uh, he's raising up a male. He probably is ready to breed this year or next, I would think, if I'm not mistaken. He got his from, I think, Mike Ellis. Um, that's a really, really nice looking size. So it, and uh, so I'm, I'm sure he's going to do things with it. Matt has always felt that it's closely related to the Ocelot stuff as well. Mm. And uh, Yeah, I remember him <laughs> talking about that. Yeah. Yeah, so I know I tried this year to put my side swipe, one of my side swipe males to, you know, Rob's ocelot female, but she didn't take. And I have mm-hmm. to talk to Rob. She's still here. I don't know if she's staying here for another breeding season. Um, at that point, she'll be here for a few years. But I don't mind. She's so great. Um, but if she does stay, and I, I would probably try to do that again uh, just to see what that does because he's a smoking animal. She's beautiful. Like, they can kind of make crazy babies. It's just a question of how to do it two genes play together, or if, as Matt thinks, maybe they are related, and then we could be even more confused. So I'm curious about, I have two questions. One, I'm curious about what your plans with the ocelot is, right? Um, Because most of my experience with the ocelot obviously comes from Matt, Um, and I know sort of what he's doing, but I'm, I'm always curious what other people that are working with it, you know, are doing. And, like, when you are, you know, I guess when you're doing bloods, Right. You know, the morphs are just straight ahead, like you were saying. So it's easy to say, OK, I want to make, you know, a batik, uh, you know, uh, T plus albino. Right. So you sort of, you know, you buy this, you buy that, you put it together, then you produce what you want. But with the Borneos, right. like how do you approach those projects for you? I mean, are you looking at the, you know, just sort of like throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks or... Yeah, that, that picture comes to mind with Charlie from Always Sunny where he's got all the stuff tagged up on the wall. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it's like that. It's where you, you have this plan in your head, and then the board you say, no, 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 we're going to do this instead. So they, they kind of dictate where you go with projects. Um, you know, I, I like to plan pairings ahead in my, you know, in my head, like years in advance. I have this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to do. The Borneos are the one place where I always end up changing everything around. And you know what? All of a sudden, this animal comes on late, and this looks really funky, so I want to put it in that. I probably have 10 or 11 animals here that I don't know what I want to pair them with. Um, you know, I'm just waiting for that right thing to hit me, that this is, this is what I'm going to go with. Because I hate I'm, – I'm not the mad scientist where I just throw them two snakes together, so to speak. I uh, – I don't if I, if I can't get what I want or have a goal in mind, then I'm just not going to pair that stuff. I'll just let it sit until the next season. Um, you know, and people were bugging me this year, like that male didn't want to breed for the blood python, so the, the two females that I had in mind for him just sat there. Like, well, why don't you breed him to something else? Like, well, that's not the project that I want. <laughs> right, right. So right. I breed it to him. So I'm going to hold them until he's ready, or I have to blow that project up and, and pick a new direction. Um, but yeah, that's really important to me in everything that I do is is having a plan and, and trying to stick to it, but also being flexible and realizing sometimes, you know, an opportunity might present itself that's better. And I try to teach people that a lot too, to, to have some direction. You know, mm-hmm. it's okay to deviate from it, but if you have no direction, you just end up, you know, where I was when I started with snakes with a bunch of different animals that don't make any sense together. And that's cool if you just want to have, you know, pets can do it that way or collect animals, whatever. That's great, but if you have if breeding is is what you want to do, you really have to have some direction. Otherwise, it gets off the rails. 
Yeah, and I guess that's why, you know, Borneos are such a, a tougher sell, so to speak, because, like, how do you... Right. And that's kind of why I asked the question, like, you know, if I was going to get into Borneos, like, what would your... Where would you tell somebody to start? Like, what? just kind of go and cruise around and see what's what and uh, yeah. figure yeah, out what you like? Yeah, you tell people, you know, see what catches your eye right. and, and figure out what your... Or, or even just what your goals are to make. So you have an image in your mind of, you know, something with a solid, thick dorsal strike. Do you like clean sides? Do you like busy pattern? Do you like, you know, more yellows and grays? Or do you like the more, you know, cream, tan, and brown? So there's, there's all kinds of different ways you can go. And at least once you have something in your head, then you can kind of figure out how to get there. Borneos don't always make you that there easy. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes you're like, this is going to be amazing. And then you get the, the question, you're like, this is, this is not what I wanted. And other times you're like, eh, there's something about this animal. Maybe it'll work out when your mind is blown and the babies come out amazing. Probably why I enjoy them the most is that yeah. there's a lot more in anticipation when you're waiting for the eggs to hatch of what's going to hatch. You know, when you know exactly what you're going to get, or even it's just a matter of odds, it's not as exciting to me. Yeah, uh, it's like they're definitely yeah, it's like get pumped for. Yeah, it's like you if you're going to breed an albino, right? You're going to produce yeah. an albino. You may only get two albinos, so like you're just waiting for each one right. that pips to say, "Oh, please, mm -hmm. the next one be an albino." But like with yeah. Borneos, which I think of them as similar to like a coastal carpet python, where it's like you can get like there's always that one that's like, what the hell? Where did this come from? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, yeah, yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, I find you get that the interesting about them, you know? Yeah, because you, you almost you almost get like dinker projects in, in every single clutch essentially because yeah, you know, is it is it repeatable? Can I? perfect it can i mix it with this and get it to express you know both genes and harmony right um and that, like i said that's why i like talking to keith because I, i'll call have results come out and i'm like oh this is not this is not what i expected now i'm mad and i'll talk to him and he's like listen take this animal and you know in the future hold this back and try to read it to this and he's like i think you're going to see better expression you know he has that that mind for it a because he's, he's done it a lot more and b he's just smarter than i am you know it comes down to that so I, uh, I definitely appreciate, and that's one of the greatest things I think about the short child community yeah. is that people are so open and accessible, uh, more so. And I know Keith really, you know, doesn't really work with short tails anymore, but he's still a part of that community and he's still active in it. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, you guys know him well. He's just a, an amazing guy anyway. I mean, we, we've but, met um, him, I think, once or twice. It's <laughs> yeah. Really, yeah. <laughs> a time or two. Yeah. I mean, he's an equation. Um, I don't really, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I messaged I messaged him recently about something, and he was out with you know Mike Curtin and somebody else. I forget who else. They're out fishing. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm out fishing right now. The, the glare's a little tough. Can I get back to you later? It's like Keith, you can just tell me to fuck off. Yeah, like, I mean, like, what do you? <laughs> you have to reply. You're out fishing. Don't even answer your phone. You know? I bet you if you had been oh. like, no, dude, I need to talk to you now, he would have fought through the glare. <laughs> like, <it's> probably, <laughs> probably. He's that. He's, he's, he's that, that kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's really nice, and the community is just full of people like that, which is a breath of fresh air for a lot of the other uh, communities yeah. that I, I peruse. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously I dealt with the wild python community and follow communities and things like that, and it's just, you know, the snakes are all fine, but the, the people can just be so atrocious sometimes, and, and it's more of a competition to them, whereas I feel like the short tail community is like a very team-oriented environment where – your success is everybody's success. Um, mm -hmm. 
and you know, obviously there's there's people that are absolute jerks in that community too. It's not right. It's not like know. everybody's a saint, but yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah, you know, everybody. but just the overall, the core people are are pretty awesome, uh, and so it makes it fun to be a part of because they share your failures and successes and. You know, you get all these people that are always congrats, and that's so awesome, and this is great, and they're excited about your animal sometimes more than you are. Um, so that's that's really a cool cool experience for anything. Mm-hmm. Not that I keep short tails anymore. I have in the past, but like I don't keep them anymore. But I do love the community part of it because most I would say most of the core people. Like they come to Carpet Fest, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. they're they're very. Um, I hate to overuse this word, but they're, they're very passionate snake keepers, right? They just, this is the species that they sort of like focused in on, but like they can appreciate the beauty in other things. It's like, okay, I'm doing this. Yeah. You know, like, that's why, like, you know, I have, I have such a good time when I'm talking to Matt, like he doesn't, he doesn't care about, well, I shouldn't say he doesn't care about carbon. He has several. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's not his. Yeah, we made him take it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Not necessarily his thing. But at the still, like, you know, we can talk snake and like, you know, it's, it, it, yeah. it's, we can appreciate what each other has, you know, I mean. Yeah, he's got that, he's got that student of the game mentality. He just wants to learn everything anyway. So he's, he's interested and he's also like a super supportive person. So if yeah. you're passionate about something, even if he thinks it's the dumbest thing ever, he's going to clap for you and, you know, congratulate yeah. you and everything like that. Um, he's always been a great friend too. Yeah, um, you know, beyond even just snake keeping, you know, I've mm-hmm. gone through stuff. He's messaged me, and you know, you want to talk or this and that. You know, just just simple little things, but you know, it means something more than you know, you're just somebody who breeds snakes in the community. You know. Yeah, um, and it's cool to have the overlap. It's like Matt and I don't see eye to eye on a short tail, but you know, we'll bounce rough scale ideas off each other yeah, and shit like that. Got, those things are awesome. I know. Those, uh, last time I was at his house, and those are just cool, cool snakes. Yeah, and he they um, keep. He's showing me up on the Sanzinia. I'm like, there's no way that there's a boa that I, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. yeah. And I'm I like, oh shit, dude. <laughs> yes. Show me yeah. the green even, Sanzinia. Even, yeah. even his resix, like, he's got smoking resix. Well, so, well, I think he's, he kind of downsized that. Right, into my house, which is what has happened. Like, you know, it's. <laughs> He's like, you want to retake? I'm like, I guess I'll have one. The first taste is always free. This was my mistake. So, it, yeah, you I know, be, it, I could be totally off the mark with this, right? But what do what do you guys think about the fact of like I'm thinking of like the you know the 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 short tail, you know, I don't know if you want to say founder. I I, I don't know how you want to explain it, but I think of a guy like Keith, right? Um, yeah. You know. And like he's such a great guy that it sort of like almost sets the tone for the community. For the community, and they sort yeah. of have taken that and sort of gone with it. Whereas like you look at some of the early, and, and again, I'm not trying to to be an asshole to ball python people or whatever, but like in the early days, it was really about undercutting the other guy. <laughs> oh, you know it's what like I'm saying? So yeah. it's like. <laughs> And that's sort of like that whole mentality, that whole culture of that little community seems to be like what everybody sort of doesn't like about that community. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I, I want to the bad yeah, taste. Like every, everybody's in a race. I got to breed this female at like yeah. two and a half years old because I got to beat this person. I got to beat that person. As opposed to how about you be happy for that person's success? And then, you know, I, I, everybody talks about it or 
everybody decent, you know, about voting with your dollars and who you're supporting. Right. And, and that's an important thing. If you want to have a better community, like that's the best way to do it. Stop cheaping out and go into the person that you know doesn't give two shits about the animals or the community and start, you know, investing your money back into the community and we'll have, you know, a better chance of some longevity here because there's a lot of scary stuff going on where yeah. all these stimulus packages, they keep trying to sneak in legislation and do all this stuff and mm-hmm. some of the legislation they tried to sneak in there could kill the hobby as we know it. Right. Thank um, God. Thank God Eric and I live in the wild west of reptile keeping where everything's allowed. Yeah. There are no rules. <laughs> Yeah. Thunderdome. Yeah. It's like <laughs> Pennsylvania is one of those states on my list. Like I, I'm looking to move, and, and <laughs> you know, Texas, Pennsylvania, South Carolina. There's certain states where where I can do things. Um, especially me. Like I love crocodilians, but I can't have those here. I love green anacondas. I love African rock pythons. It's all stuff that you know is frowned upon here. So right. You know, it. it I can't. It, it, I, I, there was this, a point was earned for the Carolinas today, and I wasn't expecting it because you can own kangaroos without a permit in South Carolina, and I didn't know that. I did not know and, that. Oh, and now I do, oh. and it's dangerous because I have to bad. try to. I know. <laughs> that would be like the being, one downside to me. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. The downside. Oh, I was going to say the one downside to me of South Carolina is you can't have alligators without unless you're you know displaying them for some purpose or something. You know, you can have other crocodilians, but I, I mean, I just love alligators. Just that the I mean, way you can work with them and stuff. You PA may be the place for you because I'm pretty sure yeah. if you could throw a rock, like it don't do with an alligator. It's hey, like, man. Yeah. Alligators are part of the stimulus, uh, you know, the uh, the reptile starter pack. At <laughs> no, exactly. You get a retic, yeah. an alligator, and a pissed off cobra. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't worked with Venomous in a long time, and I don't think I'm in a, in a place to right now. I'm so, yeah, I'm so used to working with what I'm working with, where like if they bite me, they bite me. I don't really pay yeah. too much attention to it, and that's yeah. not a good mentality for working with those. No, it's not. Um, yeah. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> oh shit, no, I forgot. Oh, this well, is the one that can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So and it's funny because I see some keepers that keep both where they work their non-venomous like venomous so that they don't make a mistake. And then there's other people that, you know, have the two separate mentalities and do it. I don't know how good I would be at the two separate mentalities. I, I, I kept a little bit of venomous, but not a lot. And yeah. I, you know, was always using tools. Or, I, I'm not a free handling guy anyways with that. But, um, but yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Plus, you know, I had a monocle cobra. It's not really... It's a deadly snake, but it's not an overly difficult snake to work with if you know how to use a hook with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, and mine was gospel too. Uh, that obviously makes a big difference. A very pissed off monocle can be a little bit different. Um, yeah. But it's not like, you know, some of these, like a, like a mamba. There's no part of me that ever wants, you know, to put a black mamba in a box in my house and have to take it out of that cage. It's, you know, it's just not of interest to me. I don't want a snake that's that. that is willing to run me down an open ground that I now back into a corner. Like, no. Yeah, no, no, I'm good. Fun. Like, yeah, let's put it this way. You, you've you earned a lot of practice points with that white lip, but now imagine yeah. the venomous. It's like, yeah, no. <laughs> nope. and, and the whole thing is, you know, push comes to shove. If I need to, to give her medical care and I got to take a bite and I'm taking a bite and I'm going to exactly. get done with that, you don't have that option. I, so, it would be, yeah. I think we talked with, um, Oh my God, I forget who we talked to, but we were going on venomous stuff and it's like two hooks and I can't even imagine having to handle my animals without using my one hand. And like when I'm pulling a female off eggs, 
go ahead, bite me. I don't care. Just don't hurt the babies. And it's like, you have to take right. that away from me. Like, that'd be so difficult. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 I yeah. never even thought about that because I never bred, bred venomous. But yeah, that's, that's a whole other yeah. ballgame. Yeah. I mean, imagine uh, if there were if I guess, live I, guess I would do live bears. <laughs> yeah, but then the, then everybody's loaded and ready to go immediately. Yeah, and you don't know how many are in there. Exactly. No. Like a, a bio setup or something. The baby could pop out three weeks later. Than exactly. You, know, you you go to move the water bowl, and there's somebody who was hiding underneath the water bowl. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. No, I, I take, take special kind of people. That That is, if, if I did get venomous again, um, I do love the bitter stuff. Mm. Which I guess I do have a snake type at that point because you know they're very similar <laughs> to what I keep. Yep. Um, but you know I, I went over and shot some videos with with Dylan's collection. He's got a lot of venomous stuff, and like I fell in love with his his rhino viper. That snake was so personable. Uh, I got some really great shots in that in that video. He came right up. You know I had the phone on a um, little thing, so I, I didn't have my hand in his face or anything. Obviously, <laughs> I'm not that stupid, but. Um, <laughs> You know, he came right up. He was checking it out. He was very curious, very interested. Um, and and I, I love that in snakes. And that's, that's one of the things about short tails that really draws me in. Uh, they are really personable animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you've had some bad experiences over there, so you <laughs> may disagree with that. But, I mean, uh, you know, it had one, a personality, <laughs> but yeah. it's been a nice one. <laughs> right. But but once you get one that you can work with like that, it's, it's really kind of incredible how interested they are in you and how curious they are about their surroundings mm-hmm. um that's why i like breeding them too because i've never had one that i've raised that i've bred that has ever even given me a problem nothing like i start working on that relationship from day one i work at their pace there's complete trust there so i have some really great animals and you know if you watch some of my youtube videos i don't cut or anything i'm just sitting there shooting like how the snake acts is how they act and you know i have them sitting around i'm moving talking with my hands, they don't care. Um, yeah. So it's really kind of cool to get to that point with any animal, really, but especially yeah, one that's not designed to hang out with people. I think the one thing with me, I, I mean, I don't know how your experience was, Owen, but like for me, now that I look back on it, you know, my problem was is that I approached short tails like carpet pythons, right? And they're so different. Handling, um, you know, it's it's just a completely different snake. You know, I'm just used to, like, picking up a snake because I have so many carpets or Morelia in general. And, like, you know, they're anchoring on my wrist or something. You know what I mean? Like, they're mm. going to, their tail is wrapping around my wrist and I got a good hold on it. I, I could dangle them from, you know, my finger and, yeah, they're they're locked in there. Whereas, like, with a short tail, I just felt like, I don't know, I felt uncomfortable. Like, it, it I, I couldn't. It's just like you guys were just saying about switching gears with like going from venomous to non-venomous. It's like my brain wouldn't like click to say, okay, you're doing something different now because it's working with so many Moralia, you know, or species that are similar to that, um, you know, prehensile tail, you know, long thin body, all that kind of stuff. So it was, it was really my fault, not their fault, you know, (laughs) but yeah. I I just don't yeah, think I was set up to keep it correctly, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They they are very temperature sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> if it gets too warm, they are massive douchebags. And yeah. like, <laughs> nine times out of ten that I deal with people where they're like, I don't know why mine's so mean. I'm like, Well, what's your hot spot? They're like, Oh, 90 degrees. I'm like, That's why. 
I said, turn that down and life will be so much better for you. And it's not, you know, it's not a catch-all. It doesn't solve everybody's problem, but nine times out of ten, that's, that's the problem that I find with people that are having real issues with them that, you know, have done other things right. Um, you know, everybody just loves that, like, 90-degree hot spot with pythons, and it's, it's cool for a lot of them, but it doesn't work for for them. It doesn't work for a lot of other species. Right. People love yeah. to just blanket everything. This is what I do for these, so I'm going to do it with these. Yeah. And, and the, the cool thing with the short tails and all my Aussie stuff is they all kind of have a, a common range where they're all good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll, I'll keep, I have two rooms mainly. One room I keep at about, you know, 79 to 82. Mm-hmm. And then the other room I keep at about 75. And then the ones that need supplemental heat have supplemental heat, but that ambient temperature is good for the stuff that's in there. Uh, and so I, I just kind of work it that way. And it seems to work well for me, so it's just you know okay, so for you, a long time now. So your approach yeah. is uh, ambient heat for for your short tails, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. and then like babies, it's babies. I'll have uh, like bath heat sometimes on the rack, just a little something to bump them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with the blue ghost stuff, they have some digestive issues. So okay. Belly, belly heat's really a good idea with them, and I don't even sell those to anybody unless they have belly heat for them. Okay. Uh, just because they are prone to partial regurgitation or regurgitation if they don't have, you know, proper conditions to digest, whereas, you know, the Curtis get down to like 72, and they're like, ah, we're cool, just digest this, you know, no problems. But uh, they just seem to be more sensitive. Wow. Yeah, talking with Rob, it was, um, you know, the one of the things he was trying to drill into my head is that like short tails have like you were saying that sweet spot it's like if they're right in here they do great if you like mm-hmm. you know go a little Half bit outside <laughs> yeah, yeah you can have some trouble see again it's, it's, i go back to carpets nice and one degree can make a difference yeah yeah carpets you can drop down to 50 degrees as long as you give them a basket spot yeah, <laughs> you know, let, let them get up to 84 yeah. during the daytime. You can do whatever you want to them at night. Right, right. Yeah. It's just completely different. And yeah. it's just, um, I guess I just had drilled into my head for so long that like, you know, ah, it's a python, you know, you just keep them all, they're all the same. They all want, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe not. Yeah. That's not true. So. Well, the, the weird thing is there's quite a disparity and humidity as far as keepers, um, you know, and, mm. and oftentimes I'll even be recommending humidity that I don't necessarily do, which I know sounds weird. But no, I, I do the same. It's like, it's like, like what kind of humidity? I have you... my stuff dialed in to where I know what works for my animals. Right. But I'm going to give you the range that, you know, is suggested for for the species kind of thing, you know. But I, I mm-hmm. heard recently there's somebody that keeps plugs and short tails that's fairly prominent, but he keeps his humidity at like 30% or something crazy. Wow! Uh, like I can't imagine going that low. Like that would, uh, I would be well, paranoid. You know, yeah, I don't, but I don't how how humid is his room? I mean, or the I don't know. I mean, he's 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 down in the southwest. Okay, so I can't imagine it's that humid. You know, I yeah. can't imagine it's fairly dry. But um, but that was like his in cage humidity. You know, at least I I, I heard the second hand, but it blew my mind. I, mean, I can't imagine that 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 works. But he's very successful. So you know, if he's doing that can't argue with it, but that's not for me. Um, You'd be and I also success. don't keep them super hot. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, mine probably range, you know, you guys know how it is in the winter here. Sometimes humidity can be mm-hmm. a real battle. Yeah. Uh, no matter what you do, sometimes it just, 
looks like you, you bang your head off the wall. And then in the summertime here, it'll get super humid, and you're like, Jesus, there's mold on the wall. It's like, what the hell's going on? So we really do run the gauntlet here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, you know, I just try to adjust as much as I can. Uh, obviously, with the white lips, those are the ones that I really focus on, really making mm-hmm. sure stuff's dialed in because they're so sensitive. You know, the yeah. short tails, you can kind of correct along the way if you notice they look a little dry, you know, whatever. But white lips is like if you you go away for a day and they don't have water, you're you're in trouble. Yeah. So it's it's a very different game. And then the owls are somewhere in between where. They're definitely hardier than the white lips, but they're still sensitive to that stuff. Yeah, and they have that thin, soft skin. It's weird because all the baby olives shed eight days after they hatched, which is, like, weird for me. Because, like, carpets, it's like, what, Eric, like a couple weeks before everybody starts shedding? Yeah, yeah, I would say that's probably about right. Eight, eight days. Ten, I'm like, why are you ten Why five. are you peeling? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, why, why is there shed in here? Right. Who came into your cage and shed? Right. It's... How do you think I would feel with being used to the short tails when I take three <laughs> to six months? With there you go. Shed. See, like, you'd be like, what, what is this? <laughs> it's... it's dying. Oh, See, my God. <laughs> See, to me, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Dan, but why... Why would they be like? Why do short tails take so long to shed? Like to me, that's a. I, you know, it's it's so bizarre because to me, I don't know of any other species that's like that. No. Um, no. You know, and I know I know I've actually I remember you guys talking about it once. I don't remember who you were talking about it with, but there's always been talk about moving them, you know, kind of out of pythons because they're just so bizarre in so many ways. Um, you know, they're. Uh, a lot of weird stuff with them, and uh, that's one of those things that I don't know what the like evolutionary advantage is to doing that. I don't. Oh, that was I don't Nick. Understand it. Yeah, I remember Nick saying like yeah. we were talking about you know the, the different genuses of uh, pythons, and he was just like, him. you yeah. know, it's pretty much dialed in at this point, except for for them <laughs> pythons, yeah. which should be in in you Bob know either. Isn't it Bothrochilus is where the white lips would go, right? I mean, yes. that's sort of the idea. That, but um, dude, it's so I forgot to water the ring python the other day, and uh, I'm like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, short tails are just like it's just yeah, you're right, man. They're just like this. Totally, they're like their own category. Yeah. The only similar snakes to them are like bitters, and they're not you know anywhere near each other or related, but. At least not as far as we know, closer to it. But there's nothing in other pythons that you're like, oh, that's really similar. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine that there has to be something environmental, right? I mean, it's got to be something. Well, I mean, don't they just hang out in, like, pits and underneath, like, uh, vegetation and stuff like that, like palm fronds and stuff like that? They're, I mean, they're, they can be real swampy. Some of them now, like, we're, it's, it's really frustrating because we don't really know as much as we should about them, especially considering, you know, how much they were used for the skin trade, all this stuff. You figured there would just be more information where these people were finding them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they farm so much over there and stuff, too. So I think that's that's part of the reason you don't yeah, so much. Finding there, a lot of them some, on plantations. Yeah, there's, there's some thought that uh, they spend more time underground than people thought, or, or at least buried. Um and there's there's been some recent research where they found that you know some of these snakes were like going, you know, not really in a burrow, but they were burying themselves for like a month at a time and not moving. 
Jesus. They're, they're definitely sedentary animals. They can go you can go a fair amount of time without water. I mean, I have some mind they don't move forever. It's like you shake the cage. Like, are you alive? <laughs> I haven't seen you move in two weeks, you know? Like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden they look at you like you're the biggest jerk on earth. Like, why are you doing this? <laughs> I was um, fine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was good. And then I don't know if you guys have ever seen how they lay when they're in the shed, but they literally yeah. lay like they're a dead body. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, like, I mean, the head on the side, everything. They're completely rolled over on their side, and you're like, oh, that snake's dead. Yeah, and all I, of a sudden my woman does that. Like, looks at you, and you're like, why are you bothering me? I'm comfortable like this. But you might have a heart attack, you know? Like, yeah. you were fine, and now you're not. Yeah, um, my, so my woman does weird. that, and then you touch it, and it bites you, and you're like, it was a trap. Okay, cool, thanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it, I actually had a, a customer once that I scared the crap out of, and I didn't mean to. But his baby that was sitting here was sitting like that, so I took a video, and, like, I picked up the water dish, and it was underneath the water dish, and it was laying like a dead body. And then I just, like, took my finger and touched its side, and it just, like, rolled back over. And he was like, <laughs> you know, you sent me that video, and I thought, and it's dead. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, no, I'm just trying to prepare you when this happens to you <laughs> yeah. for the first time. But it's fine. It's okay. This is just what they do. Uh, speaking yeah, of, sm- of snakes doing weird things, have you seen one of your white lips cough up a hairball, and did you freak out? I have not. Okay. And <laughs> I've heard about this over and over and over, and it's like I almost feel like I'm doing something wrong that I'm not seeing. Now, I do feed them extremely light. Okay. Uh, I probably went a little too light on the female, uh, so I've just kind of picked her up a little bit just since I finally had her out in the yard mm-hmm. and able to put my hands on her. I want a little bit more weight on her. The male, I think, is good, um, but he's younger, so he's, you know, he's a smaller animal. But, uh, you know, definitely if I plan on pairing them up, she needs more weight for sure. She's not thin, but she's not what I would call ideal. Um, All right. I don't know how often you feed yours. Not very. And it really gets, you know, it depends. I would say that my younger male who's on mice right now will do it more often. But my older female that's on live rats, when she gets fed whenever I feel like it, and my huge male that yeah and my huge male i'm like here's your quail i'll see you in two months like it he doesn't cough up air balls at all yeah so yeah yeah no i haven't seen it yet but i've heard about it and you it, you figure i would see it because I'm, I'm, i have them on paper so it's not like they're in substrate where i'd miss it right yeah um, i mean you might not see them do it but you'll find one eventually it'll just be like what's yeah. this <laughs> it's just yeah like, freak yeah. me out Oh yeah, because <laughs> they don't they don't do it gingerly. It's it's like they're like writhing around, and you're like, "What are you doing?" And then it just comes out. You're like, "Better, I guess. Are you good now?" It's like, yeah. So yeah, it makes you wonder. Well, no, I've, like, I've always heard about that. It makes you yeah. wonder, like maybe they're not supposed to eat. Maybe like go no, hairless I'm, rodents. I don't know. Dude, man. <laughs> I am. I bet you money they are main diet is bird. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're 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 they're, they're thin, lizards. hanging out in trees, whacking birds and lizards, yeah. and then we and feed them. They're like naturally agile, so right. They could definitely grab birds. And then we I feed them European rats, and they're like, "What the hell is this?" Uh, like, yeah, it's, I want feathers, not fur. Yeah, and then they get fat. That's how they get fat quickly. So I, I think feeding feeding is one of those things, and I, I've done a couple of videos on that subject because feeding is one of those things that I think we do wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, probably more often than we do it right. Not only in prey type, but lack of variety, and then also in uh, 
how much we feed. The hobby is obsessed with feeding. And, you know, I always tell people, throw out your calendar. The calendar is the biggest enemy to feeding your snakes. Like, yep. you need to learn to look at your animals and have an ideal body condition in mind and then feed to maintain that, you know. And with short tails, I definitely feed light because it's super easy to put weight on them. It's not easy to take it off. Right. So Thanks. I would rather have them on the light side, and then around this time of year, if I'm breeding a female, I'll start upping her feeding just a little bit as we go into breeding season. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing is I don't change their feeding schedule for breeding season, nothing. Uh, the males and females both eat all breeding season, doesn't affect anything. Uh, so the only time that I cut off food to them is if I see an ovulation, I stop offering. Mm-hmm. And then I, I've had females eat like, Five days before they laid, I didn't realize they were grabbing, and she's eating, and then all of a sudden, oh, eggs. I'm like, great. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you know, when you're already a little hefty, you don't see the egg mass as easily sometimes. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it must be I a mean, pain I, in the ass to palpate them. Yeah, I mean, how would you even do that? <laughs> it's like <laughs> I'm terrible at palpating. I have never been able to feel fossils. I'm not that person. Okay. Uh, I'm good at reading my animal's behavior mm-hmm. and using that to figure out where I'm at in the breeding season, um, you know, short tails are pretty classic. You know, the females will bowl wrap, go cool side, seek, do all that kind of stuff. So even within the ambient, there's a warmer and cooler part of the cage just in kind of how my room's set up. Mm-hmm. So uh, just, just the way the heat flows in there and everything. So you can tell. Um, and I, I think, you know, like with anything, once you know more and once the animals, once you successfully breed them, it's so much easier because then they kind of know the routine and, and right. they just kind of handle it. It's like out of your hands. You don't need, you just kind of screw it up um, with them. I mean, some of these other species are obviously much more difficult. And, uh, you know, I'm not even ready to attempt those white hooks yet. Eventually, that is the goal, obviously. Not even oh, not only because I want to produce them, but because there's so few in the hobby, you know, I have a pair. Ridiculously small amount. And, you know, go ahead and pencil me at the top of your list like I make everybody else who's <laughs> attempting. So, yeah. you know, I just... Yeah. The nice uh, thing is, I mean, Ryan's had success with it, and he's such an open guy, you know? Yeah. He's, he's yeah. very easy to communicate with. But he'll also be the first to tell you, like, you know, he's, you know, it's almost like not, not that he doesn't know what he's doing, but it's just, you know, it kind of got to a point where they've taken over and they uh, yeah. kind of do what they yeah. do now. I was going to say that every time you talk to him, he's kind of like, uh, you know, so how do you breed these, uh, you know, near impossible yeah. species to breed, you know? And he's just like, uh, you know, I drop put the, the boy tips, in with a girl I put the, boy <laughs> just... in the cage and yeah. they kind of do their thing. <laughs> You're like, ah, that's it. <laughs> I need more detail. I, I think, yeah. Yeah. I think so. we're obsessed with doing too much in general with breeding. I think we all want to, act like we're such a big part of it and we've got to do this and we have to manipulate this and that and we have to mm. change feeding schedules and light cycles and you know i think ultimately the biggest thing is just having the snakes be comfortable in their environment and having right. their environment be conducive to them wanting to reproduce right um, and then being near each yeah. other at the time when keep, she's receptive right. yeah it's Besides like the... i would love to have an ultrasound because that would make life so easy it takes all Doing the best it. work out you know that's what i want just yep Besides the idea of having a male and a female, I think that a lot of the people, uh, you know, I've said this for years, but a lot of the people that that are are working with these, uh, you know, and I'm just talking pythons at this point, but these more, quote unquote, difficult species to breed, 
I, I swear that the, the change of like, I get it. You got to tweak things here and there. Right. You know, I mean, there's mm -hmm. little tweaks mm -hmm. that you're going to do, you know, okay, this didn't work. Da, 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 da. They didn't seem to like that. But to me, I look at that as more as reading your, reading your snake, right? You're paying attention to yeah. what the snake's doing. If it's, if it's all the way away from the hot end all the time, well, maybe it's too hot, you know, lower the temp. If it's always on the hot end, uh, you know, and then maybe it's too cold, yeah. you know, those, those kind of things. Um, but like, you know, I think, I think you made a great point that like everybody is trying to be the, is it ego? I, I don't know. Like, it's like, Oh, look, you know, I was able to produce these and it's like, no, it's like kind of nature takes its course, man. I mean, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they've been doing it for <laughs> thousands of years. It's not like you all of a sudden in your snake room is like, I have made you breed. <laughs> I, I didn't breed the white lips. I just made sure they were near each other at yes. the right time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But everybody's so obsessed with, there's like some kind of special secret to this species. And I, I, I stand by the fact that pythons, but you know, again, we're talking about like all these different, like little, you know, little differences between the different species or the different genuses and stuff like that. But like, for the most part, they're pretty much the same. You know what I mean? Like you, you got to find right, out what yeah. those little differences is, get it dialed in and stay with it. And that's the success. That's, that's Ryan, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what Nick has said to me too. It's the same thing. I'll be like, well, how do, how do you have to change to the Python? So I just read like Python. It's like, okay. Cool. Thanks. It's, <laughs> um, you know, got to yeah. find the trigger. But, I mean, he's, he's not wrong though. I mean, yeah, that, right. is, that is the basis of it. I'll, I'll tell you, as far as people I am rooting for, obviously Keith and his Bolins, like, I want that to happen. Oh, yeah. And then Scott and those freaking scrubs, like, I want him to have oh, success with those Lucans because they are such beautiful, amazing animals. Yeah. Um, and I finally got to go over his house and, you know, see them in person, which made me appreciate them that much more. Yeah, his are pretty. Um, you know, I got to hold Midas, and he's such a cool, cool animal. I'm not a scrub guy. I appreciate them. I don't have any interest really in keeping them. Right. But that's one of those things like I really want to see him have success in that project, not only because he's an awesome guy, but because, you know, that's a snake that there should be more of. They're beautiful. They're, yeah. you know, 100%. they're wonderful animals. So. The, Lucans are the only scrub I would ever touch again. Only once. You know, all the other ones can go to hell. You know, the other, <laughs> the, the, the other part of that. Janet, is, Rob, Janet's pretty cool too. I let her crawl on my face and I don't, I don't do that with other scrubs. <laughs> the, uh, she's, she's cool. She's my girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> the um, the other the other part of um, the the thing that sometimes people aren't thinking about is like they'll get a pair, you know, like they get a pair of this, yeah. a pair of that, a pair of that, and like maybe they're just mate selective. You know what I mean? Like maybe it's like, right. mm, okay, yeah. well, these this pair doesn't work. You know, ring pythons especially is why I kind of passed the project off oh. to Owen. Wait, 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 what? <laughs> well, no, what I'm saying is, is Go that, on. like, you know, to me, I, I get it. Ring pythons are beautiful. I love them. But the, the idea of, like, raising something up, taking it to breed season, put it together, and then the female kills the Oh, it's the male. terrifying. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's like, what? Dude, yeah, I talked, I talked to Matt Turner about those because he bred them. Uh -huh. And he was like, yeah, there's whatever it was, there's a very small window where the female's receptive, yes. first of all. Yeah. Like, it's oh, not good. as big as a lot of other species. So you have this little narrow window. And he said he literally had a tub of water next to the cage, cold water. He would put the male in. He said the female would attack him. He would drop them into the bucket of water so the female would let go. He's like, then you have to separate it and make sure the male's okay. And 
a week later or something, you try it again. I'm like, this sounds terrifying. Yeah, what's the, <laughs> that sound... poor male? He's like, no, dude, don't yeah. put me back in there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, everybody, everybody's stressed. She's unhappy, he's unhappy, you're unhappy. I'm like, nobody's winning here. And yeah, then, it's... how are these things so successful in the wild? Like, there's something we're missing there, I think. Yeah, I, great. That's something I have to deal with later. And um, but, well, I figured yeah. you, you were ready for that, Owen, because you have. Dude, that's how you I breed my cow kids. So I'm like, you're, yeah, you're I just, put them in there, and I'm like, hope you make it, buddy. The it's only like, thing yeah, that dude. terrifies you with that is blackheads for some reason, which detours. I, I mean, they really don't eat each other, but like, I know, I know in your head, like, you're that, like, no, it's so ingrained in there, I can't get it out, and it's that ship has sailed so far. It's like, can you imagine me getting blackheads. Yeah, I, nice. I think. I think with these, you know, the more and more I think about these, um, you know, rare species of python, if you will, you know, and I think this is maybe the problem with Bolins, and we sort of like hit on this before we started recording, but like the price tag on them, I think keeps a lot of people from, you know, to, man, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to go down this rabbit hole, but like, do it. No, we're already too far gone, do it. When you have a price tag that that's high, <laughs> not saying that I don't necessarily agree with that price eight thousand dollars is what he's saying because that's one i saw earlier before you're i got excluding on excluding so. a whole bunch of people yes so are you really for the species to be established in captivity or is it about we're in an elite club or is but it that's like, the weird thing you know because I mean? there's certain there are certain animals that are not established in u.s herpetoculture how many that are, are like $25 a piece. And yet these who were not really established in US herpetoculture are $8,000 each. So, I mean, popularity contest, what's going on here? Because I mean, throw a rock, you can hit several colubrids that are not established because they're harder to breed or nobody really cares or they're like brown. So it's like, but yeah. I think, I think they've always been that species that are, that are on another level. You know, right. they, they, they got a lot. I mean, well, first of all, they're beautiful snake. You know what I mean? Like typically right. when you so, have yeah. a black snake, I mean, it's hard to beat. That's why, like I for mean, me, short tails, my favorite is the, uh, is the Sumatrans, you know, because a solid black yeah. snake, man. I mean, yeah, they're, they're it's nice. It's freaking hard yeah. to beat, man. Um, yeah. I don't well, know. Well, that, and it's, it's the same with the white lips. Like all of a sudden a nice shot where they look really iridescent will go viral and, Everybody's talking about it. Everybody wants one. You get all that buzz around it. Yeah. So I, I think that has something to do with it, too, because all the time I'll post, like, a nice picture of the white lips. People are like, I want one of those. I'm like, you think you want one of those? Yeah, like, no, no, you don't. You don't. You, don't. you really don't. <laughs> it's and it's I like, I, 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 and they're like, look at you weird. I'm like, no, you don't no, want you don't. the animal you think you want. Yeah. It's, it, it's, I've had people who like, I, I sell them a carpet python and then they go away for a couple months and then they hit me back up again. And it's like, I'm looking to get into white lips. I'm like, you just bought your second carpet python. And now you're trying yeah. to talk to me about white lips. It's like, this is not, no, you need more time. Yeah. And, and that, that would pretty be hard to snake that, too. So. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that would be true if they came up to me and they're like, I want to get into Halmahera or I want to get into, um, yeah, Papuan pythons. It's like you need more time to get it. To, uh, uh, make your mistakes and have your growing pains with your with with your beginner snakes, your beginner pythons, and then you can travel into the world of this thing will rip my face off no matter what I do. So it's yeah. you know it. I, you just try to talk to people about that. But you're right. People sometimes get caught up in the picture and the color. I mean, what was it, Austin? Uh, 
posted up a picture of one of his pop ones all coiled up and it was like fired up where it was like lime green throughout most of it. And people are like, Oh man, I would really love these. And I'm like, they're well, Eric had them. They weren't nice. They were not nice animals. <laughs> they were like, Bulldog, blockhead, rip. Uh, yeah, no. Mine, mine were. Oh, no, no oh yeah. Yeah. Mine, mine were. They were okay, but I think the thing that people that have to understand about that snake as not that they're, dude, they eat scrub pythons. I like, know, and you had that one yeah. female that was just <laughs> insane. You're talking <laughs> you were... about an incredibly, incredibly strong animal. Like yes. this is not something that you can play around with. I mean, you know, imagine eating those things and having that bucket of water. I mean, is that snakes. Bu- you yeah. just breed them near a bathtub? I mean, like, I don't in my swimming pool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wheel the cages out. And you're like, I'll, I'll yeah. push the whole thing in if I have to. You're going like down. The olive pythons too. I'm always impressed with their strength because yeah. if you look at yeah. an olive python, you don't think like, they're that strong. And then, and then you just feel what they have on tap. And I mean, I, you know, we all see videos of them eating things and hanging off of rocks with food and catching food out of the air. So, I mean, they're very powerful, but I would put them up there with the things that I've worked with. African rocks, to me, I think, are the strongest snake that I've worked with, um, with anacondas being right in the conversation, at least yeah. greens. Yeah. Um, but rocks, it's, it's weird. Like, you know, people always look at rock pythons like Burmese pythons. Mm-mm. Burmese pythons just are, like, flabbier. They're not. <laughs> muscle like that. Rock pythons, you, you take a, a berm and a rock that are the same exact length and body dimensions, the rock python will be 15, 20% heavier just because they're just built. Uh, yeah, but you all see what they take down. They take down freaking hyenas, crocodiles. Exactly. Like, I'm like, yeah. Berms lounge in the jungle where food is abundant. Yeah. African rock python's got to go through the savanna and dodge lions as he takes down a wildebeest. Like, it's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see that video of the one taking down that hyena? It was, yes. it was impressive. It's yeah. great. I mean, it just grabbed that thing and it was just like, you're dead. <laughs> Which is crazy you because know? it's a hyena. You're something we'd all run from. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, hyenas are one of my favorites. Yeah, I mean, hyenas are one of my favorites. There's that one video, there's that one picture I send to Eric every once in a while when, it, when I remember it of the one clan of hyenas took down a kudu inside like a lobby of a... Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yep. A, I've seen that. I'm like, like a hotel. I'm yeah. like, yes. <laughs> like, it's like, but like... And then, the bar. Exactly. And that's a badass <laughs> don't fuck with me creature and then a rock button <sighs> kills it. It's like, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely, uh, like I said, I, I've never had one. I, I've been hitting by a rock python once, and I've worked with them for like 18 years, so I think that's pretty impressive. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I find that they're actually really, really high. I don't say trainable animals, but in a sense, yes, where you, you earn their respect and you build that relationship. I think they're, they're really great to work with. But you have to be able to stand your ground and make bluff and understand that that's part of what they do, um, which – Sometimes take some stones that I don't always have, but <laughs> I stand in there because I don't want to lose that relationship that I have. But um, I've had them just mildly inconvenienced and, like, tighten on me, and it was like purple arm instantly. And we're not talking, you know, 16-footers. We're talking 8-foot rock pythons. I was blown away with what they did, and they weren't even trying to inflict, like, any kind of pain. They were just annoyed, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and it makes you think. I know Scott has a story about them. Scott uh, always tells that story about the rock python. He hates them because <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's but, uh, that's uh, Dan's animal, right? He he still works with them. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I had him for a while, but you know, I I, I I'm like, okay, well. I remember. I think you had just gotten them at the carpet fest that I was yeah. out there. I yeah. Remember, right? but they were His life was in that. danger the longer he kept them because they were eventually going to look at him as prey. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, Took down a hyena. Eric would be easy. Oh yeah. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> I'm just a bowl of jello, man. There's something... <laughs> yeah. look, how slow, look how slow he moves. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, dear oh dear. Um, so, uh, I was gonna say, um, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to think of. I oh my God! Come on. What? I don't know. Well, you, just... I, you know, we sort of just started going with the conversation. And it was good conversation. So I kind of yeah, like I know. there was something I was uh, trying to remember um, to 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 ask, but now I guess I kind of gone now. Well, because... While you're thinking, uh, yep. one of the things that when we were talking about breeding and stuff, and you we were talking about you know people just getting a pair of this and that, I've been so fortunate with my pair of olives. Even though I haven't produced them yet, they get along fantastic. Okay, and nice. they breed like crazy. So, you know, a lot of people have issues with two males or having to put in sheds, all this. I don't have, like, the typical problems. I'm uh -huh. just not getting over the hump, which is why I think, you know, it's probably temperature relative or something. He's either, you know, not producing viably or, you know, she's just not hitting an ovulation path and, and going down the right, right place because I'm not doing something there to trigger that. It, it's, um, I would say that these rare species... Like we were talking about with like breeding stuff. It's like everything breeds like a python. And pythons have, I think, like 10 million triggers to get them to breed. But certain species need this trigger to breed. And sometimes it's harder to get. So, you know, I I horribly abused my olives in the eyes of the python community when it came to their temperatures this year. And I got eggs. So it's like, all right. Yeah, yeah you know, Owen, you went and you you – you dropped the temperatures down to 50 degrees. I think you said you followed yep. sort of what the Australian guys were doing. And, yep, I, um, I watched a whole video of the K brothers yeah. talking about them breeding olives, and they went through what their nighttime drops were, and they they did in Celsius, and they did the conversion, and I'm like, holy shit! Well, <laughs> like, what's wild is, yeah. we were yeah. there. It doesn't get that cold at night. No, but <laughs> you know what I mean, like it's that's why that's why I only let them drop to that coldest temp. Mm -hmm. For like two, three days, like ah, maybe it's just they need to, to they need yeah. to get to a certain temp, but they don't need to stay down there for a month and a half. Like they just need to get there and then oh, so they're not bring diamond them pythons. Up. Okay, I got you. Yeah, no, 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 it's not diamond pythons where it's like freeze it into a block of ice. Yeah, thaw it, and then put it yeah. with the female. It's like oh, okay. I know yeah, what it, I, I know what I was going to ask. Um, yeah. We were talking about humidity, right? And um, mm -hmm. you know, everybody sort of. I shouldn't say everybody, but it's, it's it's sort of this thing with snake keepers that humidity is like one of those things that maybe is not as important, you know? Um, you know, maybe that changes yeah. from uh, species to species of uh, python uh, breeders or whatever. But um, my thought is, is that, you know, we often think of respiratory infections because of cold. But mm -hmm. what about, 
you know, I mean, just think of us where it's, it's winter time. You got the dry heat, you know, everything in your nasal system dries out, you know, your throat's dry, your nose is dry, you know, and, and then you start to get a sore throat, et cetera, et cetera. Like maybe the idea that, you know, humidity sort of keeps that moist, which would sort of, I, I don't know what your guys' thoughts on that are, you know, um, and as far as like, I, especially I think- with short tails. Mm-hmm. My my theory and, and my theory as to why uh, so many keepers can keep in a wide array of humidities and have success mm-hmm. and very opposite things. I've noticed with snakes in general, baby snakes bounce back much better from things than older animals do. Right. Yes. And baby snakes seem to handle environmental changes, you know, like it's nothing. Whereas an adult animal, it might throw them off. So I think when you keep a certain way and you're hatching out your own babies and you're raising them in that environment, I think that they kind of grow and, you know, not necessarily evolve because it's not, you know, that's something that takes thousands of years, but I think they adapt to that and that's kind of their baseline. Mm-hmm. And so then you have success. And I think that's why sometimes you'll see somebody bring in an animal from somebody else and then have issues with that. Uh, and then they'll explain that, oh, it must be shipping stress or whatever. But I think sometimes it's just, the environmental change from you're doing things one way and person B is doing it another way. And now, even though you're both having success and you think you know what you're doing, that animal's used to something so different that it, it really causes problems. Which is why I always tell people, when you're buying an animal from somebody, find out how they're keeping it and try to mimic that as closely as you can, at least to start, and then work your way towards what you want to do. But at least mm-hmm. have that baseline when the animal comes in. So then at least you know if something's happening. It's not environmental because you're, you're doing the same thing as we're doing. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's and, kind of what I wonder about. This is a theory. I don't know. Yeah, I would say that certain people in the hobby put humidity on, like, they, they kind of put it as too much of a factor. I mean, but those are some of the people that are still new. I think as you're new, humidity is huge and you're really into it and you're like, what's to kind of percentage humidity because if you read any care book from anybody that's not actually into reptiles, they're like, and mist daily. It's like, well, but it doesn't rain every day. <laughs> like it's, that probably isn't the best thing for them. But as you get into it further and further, you realize, you know, what well, certain species can get by with just a really big water bowl or, you know, um, or just kind of monitor their shedding. But then other species, yes, they need that water or they need that humidity or they will die like white lips or rings. Um, you know, it, I think it just hydration, hydration is, is important. Yeah. Probably more important. It is. Um, with most and, and also with that, you know, fresh water. Uh, yes. I know, you know, obviously in a while they drink out of whatever. But most of their water sources are moving all this stuff. Snakes in captivity can be real, real selective. No water sits there for a couple of days; they might not touch it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, short tails are that way big time. They're total water snobs. Uh, to be really careful with babies. It's really easy because sometimes they won't seek out the water dish, even though they're in a six-quart tub. So they're never more than three or four inches from it. Sometimes they won't drink, which is why most of us keep them wet for a while. So they're sitting in water and they can just drink. Um, right. But keeping that clean is important. They don't want to drink dirty water. Listen, some snakes don't there but there's a lot of snakes that do and i've noticed with short tails when you change the water probably 60 70 percent of the time they go right to that water source right away you know they have water sitting in there they go to the fresh water right away yeah so i think that's something that people need to keep in mind too 
Now, um, with with the babies when they're kind of like sitting in the water, or people keep them wet. Do you ever have problems where they'll like just pee in the water and then they got to like and then they're sitting in like oh, they've yeah. made their cakes I mean, disgusting? They're, yeah, <laughs> they are disgusting as they. Okay. Everybody talks about how they take. Oh, they only poop every like three months, six months, whatever. That doesn't work for babies. They're pooping twice a week. It's everywhere. It's it's a totally different. They're filthy animals. Yeah. So you can't is... you can't go through and clean them once a week as babies. It just doesn't work. Yeah, it's where I'm at right now with the baby carpets, where it's like twice a week, if that. I'm yeah. in down there cleaning. Um, you know, it's it just because same deal. It's like I guess it just moves so quickly through them, and they're just like. Yeah, there's never not a day where there's several baby bins that need to be cleaned. So. Right. Yep. Yeah. So and yeah, definitely, and, and that's another thing that I, I find with short tails, and a lot of people have found. Ventilation is a huge key, and then cleanliness is a huge key. Right. They're really, really prone to issues, especially when they get older and they're real heavy breathers. Uh, they're really prone to respiratory issues from their own stuff. And I don't have a scientific study you can read for that, but I think you can talk to any person. That's kept short tails for a long time, and I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody that would disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so, you know, I know some people get hung up on scientific studies, and they are important, but sometimes, you know, observational stuff is is important too. Now, do you kind of find it difficult keeping all the different species in your house kind of near each other? I mean, I would say that like your olive pythons need to drop to a certain temperature, but that temperature would be very bad for, say, like a Borneo. Yeah, I think, well, I think that's why I haven't had breeding right. success with them is because I can't do that in the winter. I mean, obviously, they don't necessarily need that temperature drop for their health, but for breeding purposes, I think right. it's fairly important. And then I know age matters, too, with, with them. And my female now is nine years old this year. So okay. I think most people say, like, eight years old is kind of the magic number with them, if I'm not mistaken. So she's uh, in that real house. Yeah, minor, minor, um, minor 2011s. So. Yeah, so she is. Yeah. Oh, from yeah. Tom Tom Kyogen. No, she came from Jason Chapman originally. Okay. <laughs> well, to be like, oh, like no, all right, no, yeah, not that yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then my my male my male was produced by Jeff Hartwick. He's a oh nice. Okay. So he's a little I, bit younger. I would say the younger, younger, thinner males, because I have two boys, and um, I have the younger, thinner boy, um, and he was the one who got the got it done. So yeah, so he's yep. he's um, he's probably maybe seven feet, if I had to guess. He might be mm-hmm. a little bit smaller than that, but he's he's nice and slender, and you know, I feed him real sparingly. Yeah. Um, it was you know, so he's he's definitely good. Like I said, he he you know, rails the shit out of her. They breathe like crazy. I'm just not getting over that hump with them. Uh, it so was, like I said, the, the part that usually gets most people, I'm not having yeah. an issue with it at all. I mean, they're, they're, he's they're in there and they're recording within minutes. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, he's on it. And like I said, they get along great. I can leave them in there for weeks at a time, and they're great together, and they don't have any conflict. What I like to do is just pull her out of the cage. I mm. clean her cage, and then I put the two of them back in there together at the same time so she's not established in there waiting for him to come in. Right, uh, just yeah. Kinda, Kill that food response and then, it, you know. When you pair the white lips, do that too. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I, I was actually thinking about maybe uh, 
having them outside together a couple of times, you know, not necessarily right on top of each other, but around each other, try to get them used to each other before I pair them up. Right. Um, yeah. Because it, it seems to be compatibility is big with them from what I understand. You know, I've never I would tried say to pair them yet. I would say do that. And then the other thing where I kind of fell into a pitfall is if you're going to feed anything near them, separate them. Yeah. Because like I was feeding fuzzies to um, baby carpets and my female white lip uh, gripped up my boy. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. And you have to stop everything and pull them apart. And it was like fuzzies. Yeah. They're fuzzies. Like, are you serious? Yeah, like, not something you even consider. Yeah, this isn't even your wheelhouse. Like, yeah, no. So, yeah. Yep. So that's the uh, rule. <laughs> that's good to keep in mind. Yeah, I, I don't ever feed while I have the olives paired up either just because she's he's not. I mean, he eats every time you offer him, but he's not, like, psychotic. She's right. a typical olive where, like, you know, she can be facing the opposite direction. She feels the food hit the cage, and she's on she's it up before it. you know yep. what happened. Yep. Yeah. Um, she's amazing with that. She, uh, I, I always, like, I don't post feeding videos and share all that shit, but sometimes I wish I could because the way she – grabs food and has just this knowledge of where it is, even though she's not even looking, is like otherworldly. It's, it's you know, frozen thought prey. It's not like it's even live prey, and she's on it. Yeah, that's awesome. I, you know, the the worst day of my one male's life is when the thinner boy was the one that proved himself, because now guess who's on a crash <laughs> diet? So, you know, it's like, I'm like, you have to look like what? him. And it's like, shit. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, Dylan, Dylan bought what he thought was a pair of huge olives, mm. and uh, it turned out to be two males, and they're monsters. I mean, they have to be 12 feet. Like, I mean, they're huge. So I'm like, you're never going to get that snake to breathe. It, it's one of those things where certain prey items, I think, will make a snake fatter, not, not bigger. So my, my, yeah. my original pair, when they got to a certain stage, I started feeding them guinea pigs. And they just got fat. And I've been trying yeah, yeah. to counteract that for their entire lives. And um, then I got the other pair later on down the road. Um, and then it was the male from the second pair and the female from my original pair that bred this year. So, okay. you know, it's just one of those things where the female slimmed down enough to the point where she can be a female. The male still's got a ways to go. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just one of those things where, in, like, now – I feed them jumbo rats, quail. That's it. Like, I mean, I'm not yeah. going into guinea pigs. I'm not getting them rabbits, even though all four of them could easily eat the same rabbits that my retics are getting. They no, no, these are not for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, you so yeah. Yeah, I think the only time I would probably feed a larger meal is just when you're trying to get a female to ovulate, maybe. Yeah. But that that would be about it. You know, males. I don't ever. None of my males. My short tails. A lot of my adult short-tailed males will feed like medium rats and large rats. You know, I mean, they they especially have such a slow metabolism and they're so yep. lazy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my males can eat 10, 12 times a year and they're good. They don't need a yeah. bunch of food. And you know, slender males breed better in pretty much every species that I have. So. Yeah. Yep. That's what. That's what my my gold white lip came huge, and I've been trying to slim him down since I've owned him, and. I finally got a female that's close to his size, but she, he, he, he's still dwarfed by him by a lot. And him being on just a straight-up bird diet this entire year, he finally has started to look like a white lip, you know, where you have the distinct end of his head, beginning of body. And it's like, you know, <laughs> not, not just a straight-up 
tube. Like, yeah, it's like, and he's moving like a white lip and I'm like, good, good. And yeah. Yeah. So hopefully I can try to get yep. gold this year. Nice. Yeah. The, the Northern for whatever reason just haven't drawn my attention the same way. Everybody's got their cool. choice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just, I love the Southerns. And I, I think the size might factor into that once again. You know, like I said before, I do tend to like bigger stuff and you know, yeah. Southerns are a little, Bigger, that's the problem is people get northerns thinking that they need to be the size of southerns and that is not true yeah, no, <laughs> <They no>, are, <laughs> northerns are lean much smaller southerns are the big guys and yeah. oh my, my female has a monster head on her if she ever bites oh, yeah. me i'm quitting <laughs> <laughs> if you yeah, quit you call me yeah you straight up call you me pick up the phone. Phone. yeah i won't even on my arm don't even get her off you. I'll come help you get yeah. off. I mean, it's like... <laughs> yeah, she uh, she's got a monster gold piece on her. It's it's impressive. It's uh, funny too because a friend of mine for the longest time talked all this junk about you know because I told him I said she's really reactive. I don't really mess with her. He's like, I'll come take her out. I'll work with her. I said, okay. So he came over and we walked in the room and she immediately started hitting glass <laughs> and I mean she like shakes the room. He's like, what the fuck is that? I said, that's the white lip. He's like, I'm get not it. touching that. Like, I told you. I said, I told you this. You don't want to listen to me. At, <laughs> so at that point, you hand up the hook. You'd be like, me this reason. yeah, go get her. You're fine. Go on. Yeah. Show me. Show me. Show yeah. me up. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, he uh, he was done in about three minutes. He's like, no, I'm not going anywhere near that snake. <laughs> <laughs> I said, come on, man. She's got a super accurate strike. She's agile. She's fast. She's strong. You're not going to lose. <laughs> it was uh, my one friend who does monitors was holding one of our white lips, and she went around his back and bit him on, on the back of the arm. Uh, <laughs> where, like, you get, like, a, like, a, a, like, what is it, a horse bite or whatever it is, like, right on that yep. meat at the back of your arm. He's like, ow. And then it went the other way and did the other arm. He's like, fuck this thing. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> he's like, God, I this hate is what they do. I'm like, this is what you do. They they can't get you in forward, so it's going to keep. And then it bit him on the shoulder. And I'm like, all right, you need to give me this. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So. like you. Yeah. You, guys aren't, you're, you, guys aren't well. you are not a compatible yeah, pair. No. And, and that's another thing that I've said that scares me about her. I'm like, she's not going to bite me once and back off. She's going to hit me like 16 times. Like she's yeah. coming with the business. <sighs> God, I love them. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's like an abusive relationship. I know. I, I can't leave. Like, you I know. know it's I, I don't know. God, I love them. Yeah. It's yep. it's the it's the image of seeing my own baby white lips hatching out of eggs in my incubator is what keeps me going. It's like just that. Yeah, that would be incredible. Oh. And knowing that you'll have six or seven or ten animals that want to kick your ass now. That's fine. I don't care. A whole family of them. Ah, tiny little things now. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. like, that wonderful dream will happen, and then it comes, like, shattering back to Earth because you're trying to get right. them to feed. They're not looking. They're biting you. Like, yeah, I, I understand, but I want that one moment. <laughs> it's like yeah. with the rough scales. I want that glorious moment of them coming out of the egg. Yes, I understand. After that is, like, five months of hell trying to get them to feed, but I want that you got a hell of a profile picture on Facebook for Thank a while. Thank you. Know? you. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I love them, too. Uh, I really love the fact, though, that I have the male because the male is as chill as, as it gets. He's yeah. flighty in his cage, and he'll musk in his cage, and he'll even musk a little bit out sometimes. 
But right. once he's like out and comfortable, literally, uh, I was telling Eric, because I didn't know if we were going to do video, it was going to happen out while we were talking. He would have sat in my lap this whole time asleep and not moved. Damn, you know, once yeah. he settles, he's, he's cool. Yeah, uh, I've He's not that way. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird. And sometimes you need the. Uh, when, when we had a pair and we were trying to breed, we had the boy was very chill and the female was psychotic. And they were the pair that like would hang out together, like and chill together. Yeah. And I'm like, so that's the compatible pair. One needs to be the psycho yeah. and one needs to be the calm one. It's like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 I've, I've definitely been, that's one of my biggest fears too, especially I've always thought about maybe I should get a male that I don't like so much to try breeding them first. Because I'm like, if she if she kills him, I'm gonna be pissed. I'm gonna be, be pissed off. I don't like. Yeah, it's it's gonna be one of those things where you know, you know, do the trial pairings and see how it goes. If she like, but I mean, I I, I had to crazy glue a white lip closed once because the female tore him into him. I mean, they can yeah. get violent and it can be a thing i know so. i know some people that have lost them where you know yeah. they got bit bad and they didn't recover and they died a couple of days later and that's instantly. and that's something that i kind yeah. of like when you see these people getting into these animals in the beginning and it's like are you prepared for what that means like there are always people who are like i bred mostly these to this to this and i just got my first pair of white lips and i'm gonna throw my hat into the ring it's like are you prepared for what that means because yeah it could end up with a dead animal. And of course, we've said a million times, breeding your animals is one of the most dangerous things you could do to them. <laughs> it's like, yeah. mm -hmm. it's almost like in certain species, it goes up to a new level. White lips, Papa ones, rings, Cali Kings. It's like they, they could hurt each other badly. And right. you need to be ready for that. Yeah, blessed short tails, I've never had any conflict with any of them. Yeah. Um, if it's a pair that I know well, I put them in. If I don't see anything in the first minute or two, I'm gone. I don't even check on them. But like yeah. the olives, when I the first time I paired them up, I was in the room for like the first three hours. I was in there reading a book because I'm like, I'm not leaving. I don't trust her. <laughs> I'll sleep here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, there were moments where it was tense, like where they're both crawling around, their heads happen to hit each other. I'm like, oh, here it comes. This is it. And you know. They handled it really well. Oh, God. Yeah, that, that quick truck driver head snap, as we like to call it. <laughs> They're like, here it comes. It's coming now. Uh, like I said, they, they get along fantastic, and I'm very fortunate for that uh, to where, like I said, I've left him in there before for probably like two and a half weeks at a clip, you know, certain yeah. times. And they're just great, and they're always together. And, you know, and not, not like on top of each other competing or anything, but they're just always right next to each other. Uh, I don't know. One goes down the other end, the other one goes with them. You know, and it, it's nice. And typically when I pair snakes, that's kind of how I decide when to pull them out is when I notice they're not near each other, but they stay with each other a longer time. Like my short tails are together for a day or two, and they're on opposite ends of the cage, like get this guy out of here, you know? And yeah. uh, so that's when I'll pull them out. These guys just seem to get along so well. So I'm like, yeah, screw it. The breeding, they're locking. There's no conflict. Let them go. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like you kind of, you, you know, if you're paying attention, you'll be able to kind of figure out when it's time to pull. Yeah. Either, either you know, he's chasing her and she's flying all over the place, pull him. You know, if, if yeah. they're on the opposite ends of the cages. But it's cool when olives kind of coil together because it's just like this one big, long, green circle. And then you see, like, two heads yeah. pop up in different areas. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> 
I think so. yeah, I, I love their. I don't know how yours are, but mine are like super confident animals. So. Oh yeah. I love oh, the fact yeah. that like I'll come in the room and they come right up to see what I'm doing. There's you know most of the time they just want food, but yeah. there's no hesitation. You open that cage door, they come right out. There's no like apprehension, nothing. And it's not well, like sometimes they come out a little too fast. Yeah, but say it's but it's not like I'll open the door with my retics and then you have to take a couple steps back and wait for her to like stop, like not. Yeah. Turn off the food response. The olives, I'll open the door and I'll be cleaning and then I'll feel like them sliding by like by my leg as they've just they just let themselves out of their cage. And they're like, all right, I'm just gonna go over here. It's like it's very non-aggressive, nonchalant, kind of just there. Um and like you said, they are competent because I have ledges and branches in their cage. And a yeah. lot of my carpets and stuff, if I come walking through the cage or the room, they'll like start moving, they'll hang down, they'll check out what I'm doing. Like my olives will like side eye me because I like I'll see their eye move. But then they're like whatever. Yeah. Like they don't even like it's flinch. Just, like, I'm, yeah, I'm comfortable. You do whatever, dude. It's like okay. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, no, I I love that's one of my favorite things in snakes too, is like when snakes are confident and mm-hmm. like you put them in a new situation and they approach it with curiosity instead of apprehension. Um, yeah. You know, it makes everything so much more fun when they're that way. Um, it does. It really I, does. I was I was impressed. Considering how crazy that whale female is, when I got her outside, she's pretty good out there. And I know they can be worse in their cage than when they're out of their element, but she was really great outside. I mean, I, I probably could have just thrown her over my shoulder and been good. I wasn't about to because we have two-year change history of her trying to kill me. But uh, she, was, she was fantastic. And I had, I had my girl taking the pictures, and she's heard all these horror stories. And I'm like, oh, just come over here and take the pictures. She's like, I don't really want to. I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, no, no, this is different. It's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, today is good. Today's a good day. It's um, weird because sometimes yeah. you bring them outside and it's just like, I'm in the wild again. And then they just yeah. snap back to murder mode. But I had what? that happen with an African rock python. And... Always the big ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So she was probably about eight feet. And mm-hmm. uh, she's out in the yard. She's doing great. Things were good. And yeah, I just saw that you know, switch flip. And I was like, okay, now we have a problem. So I turned around to grab, I always keep the hook with me just in case that happens. So I turned around to grab the hook and I turned back around. She was gone. And <laughs> I'm in the middle of the yard. I'm like, I'm like, where the hell did she go that fast? She's not oh, that God. fast snake. Well, she went up the one tree that was out there. And I had to, I ended up having to actually cut part of the tree down to get her out because she had the high ground and she was not giving it up. Um, <laughs> And I was like, all right, well, we'll just bring you down to my level, and then we'll work with you. Um, so she's got her outdoor privileges revoked. But, um, <laughs> she misbehaves, yeah. so she's not allowed outside anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm not playing that game. Um, but my olive, my olive female, it's, it's funny, the olive female is fantastic outside. She's a little iffy inside. My mm-hmm. male, I can throw over my shoulders, walk around the house, I can do housework, I can sit on the couch. You put him down in the grass, he's a dickhead. Um, so it's really funny how they're just polar opposites in and outside. Um, so, I, you know, you, you just never really know. They all have their individual personality and what kind of triggers them. He doesn't like going outside at all, so I don't bring him out. Uh, I have a short tail that's like that, too. I have wow. sisters that I hatched. One of them will go outside all day and hang out. The other one, the moment she feels grass, she just starts flopping around like a fish, like they do, <laughs> and just mouth open, willing to bite anything. And she's great. I can sit with her at the kitchen table for two hours. She's fantastic. She touches grass. It's over. Um, but like I said, her sister, 
her sister will sit out there all day and like I hatched them both out. I had them both outside from the day they hatched. Um, they haven't had any different life experiences, nothing. It's just something within their individual personality that it freaks one of them out and it doesn't freak the other one out. So I don't have a way to tell you why that is, but it just it is what it is. That's so weird. And I mean, I've never, my neighbors are so close and I really don't want them to know what I'm doing. So I don't yeah. take snakes out regularly, but I've thought about it every once in a while. Like when I want to get some nice pictures of the big guys, it'd be so much easier just to lay them in the grass and just take a picture. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I'm in the middle of nowhere. I don't have any visible neighbors. Like that's I'm, the dream. I'm in that no one can hear me <laughs> scream, scream kind of situation. So oh, good. See, it's, it's nice. Yeah. One day. Yeah. Yeah. One. Yeah. No, I, mean, I rent. I rent, so it stinks. I don't own it, but but it's nice to be out here and not not deal with that. Take them outside. I got the yard. They can cruise. Plus. You know, I've been here in this house for 12 years, so I know no pesticides have been used or anything mm-hmm. I have to worry about, you know. Thank, thankfully, Eric's not one of those guys that, like, swims with his reptiles in his pool. So. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Definitely not. Come on, when's that calendar coming out? <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> that's, that's a never. no, man. <laughs> that'll, that'll be a hot, a hot seller. Yeah. Uh. Maybe my wife will buy it. That would oh. be about it. <laughs> yeah. I love how you're like, maybe Dory will buy it. Maybe. Like, yeah. you know I mean? Not 100%, but if yeah. it's not 100% on that one. Oh, okay. You never know. Just which way the wind is blowing that day. Could be, could be good. Could be bad. You know, who knows? But, but, but yeah, I, I, I mentioned it a few times, too. But, uh, you know, I started doing the YouTube thing, and I was kind of, uh, I'm not in wasn't really into it. I don't like hearing my own voice and doing all that stuff. But a couple people have suggested it to me. And I, uh, I started watching other YouTube channels and videos, and I was horrified at some of the information that was out there. <laughs> and so I kind of bit the bullet and, and tried to put the hobby before myself and just said, you know what, I want to put out some no-nonsense. You know, And obviously some of my opinion is on some of that stuff. But I try to kind of break things down somewhat objectively and give people, you know, pluses and, and you know, drawbacks to whatever, and just, just give people information because, you know, some of these guys have huge followings and like, they don't know like fifth grade genetics or they don't know like anything about husbandry. That there's one guy out there has a ton of followers and he has, has a video where he's um, at a reptile show in Colorado, like in winter months. And he has this snake around his neck outside Oh like, my oh, god. It's really weird that nobody else brought their snakes here. It's like because they're not Really? Because it's not good. It, mm. <laughs> yeah. oh, but one, you shouldn't be walking around the reptile show with your snake at all. Second yeah. of all, it's fucking cold out and your snake is from Africa. <laughs> like, no. No, no, no. Uh, but those are the people that have huge followings and it's it's scary because you know, we all know where the hobby's at and, and how detrimental things can be. And then this is the voices that are out there and, and, you know, what people see when they see our hobby and, and the new hobbyists are drawn to these guys. So it's, it's really kind of horrifying to me. So that's, that's why I did that stuff. It wasn't because I wanted to, like, I hate when people call me a pet tuber. I'm like, please kill me. <laughs> Not what I want to do at all. <laughs> like, I just want people to enjoy these animals, to see how they act. That's why I don't edit. I don't do any of that stuff. Here's, here's how they are with me. I'm sitting out here for 10, 15, half an hour. You can see the snake's not trying to kill anybody. Like, it's great. 
here's a little information, you know, whatever. I just kind of try to make videos that I, I would want to see, just straight, you know, no bullshit. Mm -hmm. um, right. But very low budget because I don't even, you know, like I told you, I don't even have a computer. I just use my phone. Uh, so it's, it's real cut and dry. But if people are looking for something, you know, I think the videos are decent. Yeah, I think you do a good job. I think, um, you know, I kind of like that approach. Um, and this is something that I struggle with. It's like, you know, do you want it to be polished? You know, I'm just thinking about yeah. like, you know, it's just it's in my brain as far as like, you know, music and stuff. It's like, you know, you have this yeah. one side where it's like, okay, you want it to be raw and the emotion there and everything. But at the same time, you want it to, you know what I mean? You want it a little bit polished. And it's like, that's my struggle with YouTube. And like, I, I know I have to do it, but I just, it's timing, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. yeah well it's it's, it's helped me because it, it takes a lot of time as it is to do it just how i'm doing it right uh but when you get editing involved and stuff like that i mean it's really intensive uh so yeah and and, and the, the sad thing is i you know me you whoever could have the best information you could ever find in the world right and to some people it's not going to matter because there's not flashy graphics and there's not like you know little dancing animations and things and, yeah and that's cool um but you know, I, I just feel like I'm doing my part and putting putting the information out there and trying to help educate people, um, which also is a double-edged sword. Right. Because sometimes people see these animals and how beautiful they are and how good they are and think like, oh, I'll just get one of those, and then they won't they all act that way. Do the rest <laughs> of the homework. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like my animals. I raise these animals. I spend a lot of time with them. Even though I have a large collection, like. I spend time with all my animals as, as much as, you know, I can with my scheduled work and everything else. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they know me. I've built relationships with them. You know, there's trust there so I can do things with those animals. I have some animals I could not touch for probably six months and go in and sit and shoot a video with just because, you know, it's built that foundation. It doesn't necessarily go away. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's animals like the white lips where I feel like, Time off is not good for that relationship. Like if you have a decent relationship with them, I, like my male, I find if I take him out at least once or twice a week, the musking's not going on and all that stuff. But if I let him sit for, you know, 10, 15 days without handling him, the musking's back and he's more flighty. So right. I definitely think it makes a difference with that. So, you know, case by case and species by species, they all have to do things a little bit differently. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, but... Like I said, man, you're doing a you're doing a good job, and you know, especially uh, there's not a lot of short tail content out there, you know, and not that you just do that no, exclusively, but you know, I mean, it's good to see them getting some representation, if you will, you know. So. Yeah, I think they're great snakes. Like I said, and I, you know, if you want a bigger snake, but something that you can safely handle by yourself, you know, they're great, and uh, they are pretty hardy. You know, like anything else, if you set them up right, you know, most of the snakes that we keep are pretty hardy. I mean, white lips are hardy if you set them upright, but it's a little bit more difficult to get them there. Yeah. Um, but these, these guys are, especially the Curtis, I find to be probably the hardiest of the three species. Uh, they seem to tolerate just about anything, and they're also the best at handling. Um, I've heard of, of nasty ones, but I have a shitload of them, and I, they're just all great. I can hand them off to anybody. Cool. So That's awesome. Oh, and maybe you want to do your... Nope, I'm good. <laughs> I don't have the space, and uh, nope. 
I'm good. Thank you. No, I was, I was, I was talking about closing questions. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. All right, then. I was like, all right. Oh, okay. So um, that's how we're going to go tonight. All right. That's how we're going to go tonight. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> I guess we'll just start with the, um, okay, if you could have any reptile in the world, and you don't have to go by legality or money or anything like that, what would it be and why? Um. You know, I touched on how I love the crocodilian, so I would probably, you know, as, as classic and simple as it is, have an American alligator. Uh, I worked with them years ago. I had them a long time ago. I would love to have them again. Uh, I love their intelligence. I love their kind of willingness to test you as well and build that relationship with you. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those animals that you can have a great relationship, but you always have to be on your toes because one mistake uh, can trigger a really bad yeah. response with them. Uh, <laughs> it hurts. I, I enjoy I enjoy the intelligence aspect of them. Uh, along that line, if I picked like a one B, it would probably be uh, a black dragon. I love those things. Okay. Um, I've always wanted a water monitor, but space is definitely an issue right now. Okay. So uh, American alligator, and then perhaps a black dragon. All right. Yeah. So, uh, if you could go herping anywhere in the world, where would you want to go, and what would you be hoping Ooh. to find? That's hard. Mm -hmm. So, Australia has always been my dream destination. Okay. I'm terrified of the spiders there. Uh, okay. Really, really terrified to where that almost makes me not want to go. But two reasons, you know, obviously the, the herps that are there is just such a wide variety and so many things that I find cool. Um, so I would love that, but I am also a huge, huge great white shark guy, and I've always wanted to go swimming with them. Nice. So that would be a place where I could do that and have a hell of a herping trip. Yeah, uh, okay. So I, I would say Australia is probably my number one, and then if I could sneak up to some of the Indonesian islands, I would definitely do that too. It, it like I, I don't think Eric realizes that if, like, if we had passed some, like, dude with a boat that said, like, cage driving with great whites, <laughs> I would have done the same thing I did with the crocodile thing. It'd be like, mm. we're up. Eric's coming too. Like it would have just like yeah. immediately happened. I would not so. want to go, but I would have to go because yeah. I mean, how can you pass that up? You know what you I mean? You can't. Like you just can't. <laughs> so. I want to be like an old man and sitting there on on my on my uh, rocking chair on the porch, all grumpy and shit, and saying, "Back in my day, I swam with great whites." You know, <laughs> <laughs> and saltwater. I, I think there's something about. As I say, something about being in, you know, such a vulnerable position where, you know, that animal has you outclassed in every, every way, shape, every form, shape. Oh, kind of God, being, yes. <laughs> you know, being in their environment and, and I don't know, maybe it's an adrenaline thing. I don't know what it is, but there's just something about that, that that's very interesting to me. I, I, I am a little reading a lot of books. You know, I am a little annoyed that they didn't lower us in the cage that had the nesting mother. And the male crocodile. I mean, I think that would have been more fun of a ride. That would have been like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Lower us in there. Let me see what he does when I'm in his territory. Like, yeah. No, yeah. That would have been bad. That would be great. <laughs> but but you were saying like reading books of like people that really want to be doing this or Yeah, like uh, there's there's well there's like Ocean Ramsey. I don't know if you you're familiar with her or not. 
but she uh, she free dives with all different species of sharks, and so she has some some books that she's written, you know, basically how to do it safely. Uh, it's really interesting learning about their behavior and all this because it's totally different than every other animal that I've ever worked with as far as like how you position yourself, how you do all this stuff. You know, she's this little little you know tiny girl and she's out there swimming with all these huge adult gray whites, so she's got to know something. Or she's really lucky. <laughs> I mean, like, but it, like, I want to read this book. This is how to swim with great whites freestyle safely. I'm like, there's, yeah. I, I mean, lesson one: don't get in the water. There we go. That's the safest yeah. way you could do this. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like... But yeah, I, I think she took it from the approach of people are going to do it because you know there's a lot of responsibility, obviously, in putting that information out there. Right. I, I think people are going to do it if they want to do it regardless. So I think the more information you can give them, the better. Right. Uh, so while I. I you know, trying again, to get people killed. Yeah. Sword, I get it, but uh, but yeah, it's definitely something I wouldn't go my first time or my second time probably with with them that way. I want to be in a cage and see that behavior I'm reading about and you know see it in action before I'm out there, you know, as a sitting duck. But yeah. uh, it would definitely but, be a dream of mine to get to that point where I was comfortable to do that. I would love that. Yeah, that would be awesome. Hmm. One day, yeah, that's on my yeah. list. So is that a honeymoon? Very cool. <laughs> I, I, she wants to do it more than I do. I'm like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, so is there any way, any information you want to toss out there? Website, Facebook page, anything like that, where somebody can get a hold of you if they want to talk short tales or bug you about, uh, you know, white lips or anything like that. Yeah, um, you know, obviously, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, I'm on YouTube. Uh, Instagram and, and YouTube are probably the best two places. Uh, and both of those are just under Dan Magano Snakes. Uh, so that's nice and easy. I actually changed my Instagram to make it the same as YouTube, so it was less confusing. Um, obviously, my Facebook page, I have that stupid name on there right now just because I was trolling somebody. Uh, so it's under, it's under damage. But... Uh, you know, I have, I have mixed feelings about that because I'm like, people probably think I'm like this frat douche type guy, and that's not me. But uh, <laughs> it, it, was, it was all troll somebody, and then it's just been up there for like a year now, and I haven't changed it back. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that is somewhere people can reach me as well. And I, I try to be as accessible as I can and answer as many questions as I can. But I do work full-time on top of managing all these animals by myself. So I do uh, keep pretty busy. Okay, cool. Awesome. Uh, so, uh, Eric, is there anything else you wanted to throw out there? Or any other questions? Quick follow-up? No. no. Cool. I think we're good. All right. Thank you for uh, coming to hang yeah, out man. with us. Yeah, It yeah, was awesome. I definitely appreciate you having me. Totally. And then yeah. uh, we'll and ho hopefully... Hopefully Carpet Fest can happen soon so we can, uh, I can get out there again because I enjoy coming out the first time. By now. soon, you mean August of next year. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I... <laughs> yeah. Get all this crap over and done with so we can. We're, uh, we're trying so hard. It's yeah, like, I know. But hopefully know, soon. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's nice and it's very nice of you, Eric, to always you know, let everybody come over there and, and all that. I would be paranoid, man, having people in and out of my house around my snakes. I'd be freaking out. So, I, yeah. Better man than me. I just intoxicate I myself. It's okay. <laughs> I just I steal all this stuff the night before, so I just I, you know, I do my thieving before everybody else gets there. So right. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Perfect. So, awesome. This has been very cool, and we'll uh, yeah, dude, we'll catch up with you soon, hopefully. Sounds good. All right, man. All right, thanks, Dan. See ya. All right, thank you. All right, cool. So for us, uh, MoreniPythonRadio.net. Um, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, our Facebook group is Moray Pick of the Week. Um, you can... And you have to join that if you're going to enter the calendar competition. Do not just email us your pictures. You have to join the Facebook group page. Yes. Yes, we know. It's... <sighs> And uh, <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us, is uh, info at moreliapythonradio.com. But don't. <laughs> don't. Send the calendar pictures. Don't send them until there. Until you win. And when you win. Don't send them there. Yeah, then we will get said. in contact with you. But um, if you, like we said, if you are an artist and you're wanting to design a Carpet Fest t-shirt for 2020 Carpet Fest, please um, submit any kind of design you have to us at info at moreliapythonradio.com. And uh, we'll review it. And if we like it, we'll be in contact with you and uh, we'll get it going for the 2020 uh, Northeast Carpet Fest. Yes. Um, be yeah. sure to check out our Teespring store, uh, Murray Pendant Radio. Just uh, look that up and uh, you'll be able to get uh, see what swag we have available. Um, and I would just uh, reemphasize, uh, you know, U.S. ARC, like we said at the beginning. Um, yep. And uh, if you are not a member, you should go be a member. If you're not on the, in, uh, the, the email list, then you should sign up for that um, and donate something. Something. <laughs> yeah, and something. every little thing counts. So if you, can't, if you feel like you can't do a full membership or bronze, silver, or gold, or the student, then maybe the next time you ship out a snake, make sure that you click that $1 donation on Ship Your Reptiles. Like... Every little thing will help here. Yeah. There's what? How many people in the reptile? Let's say there's 100,000. If you give a dollar. If everybody that's does. Huge, you know? So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, check that out, uh, usarc.org. Um, and then, uh, yeah, as far as me, ebmoralia.com. And my email is eric at ebmoralia.com. That's, that's pretty much it for me. Cool. Uh, for me, you can go to rogue-reptiles.com. You can also check out Rogue Reptiles on Facebook.com and also Rogue underscore Reptiles on Instagram. I got a bunch of babies that are coming up for sale. All of them coastals. <laughs> so it's like, nice. yeah. And some jungles in there. Um, but uh, if you're wanting to get into some of these animals, I know I kind of did a little bit of a preview of uh, the two caramels that caught my eye. Uh, that I'm raising up this year, dude. They're super dark, yeah. and the the one female has like no pattern, like she's just solid caramel color. Mm. And then the one caramel jag is like there's no black on him. Like that's that's a super. So um, if you want to get in on any of those, please contact me. I'll let you know when they are available. Um, and in the next couple weeks, you know, I start feed trials on the olives in two days. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I'm um, gonna drop yours off with you when I see you. <laughs> like, it's just, here, <laughs> it's just, yours. Yep. You'll bring your one snake that you're going yep. home with. Quite like a bushel. <laughs> <laughs> just get, just go steal one of the, like the way things that they have for like the vegetables, so I just know how many pounds of reptile I'm bringing with me. <laughs> I so. will borrow it from work. I will. Thank you. That's all I want. That's all I want. Right. So. 
cool. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess that's all we have for everybody this week. So we'll say thank you all for listening, and we'll catch everybody back here next week for some more Rally of Python Radio. Good night.